You are listening to Boku No Stop, the only anime podcast that will sacrifice itself to end the sin of podcasting forever. Please. I'm your host, so <laughs> I'm your host, Sybil Arnett, and with me is Chris and Matt. And today we're talking about the probably no fool and end of Evangelion, the final rebuild movie, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01, Thrice Upon a Time. Wait, they added a, a, a .01? Yes. When, when did that happen? Because this is the home release. This is the updated release that is nor this is not the theater release. So like the theater releases are like oh. 3.0 and then the home releases with some fixes are the .33 or whatever. So this is already the yep. home release. Because theater release happened a oh, while but... ago in Japan. Uh, well, I knew that, but it, like, shouldn't it be like then three point oh three? No, plus shut 1. up, 1. Bitch. <laughs> Look, let them name Kingdom Hearts however the fuck they want. Uh, sure, whatever. Fuck it, it doesn't matter. Uh, I will just comment. I gave one quick viewing to a cam rip of the theatrical, trying to see any differences. I didn't pick anything out. It seems like they've gotten way less unfinished with the first ones. If anything, it was probably just some CG touch-ups. So, uh, we kick off with the Paris sequence that was one of the early trailers for this, and it makes sense why. Speaking of, uh, how long do we think this takes place after the end of 3.33? Like, right away. Right? Because, like, at the end of 3.33... You saw the three pilots walking through wherever they are with, you know... Because they're... Okay. Yeah. Because the the, one, the wonder isn't, like, space docked at that point, as far as we know, in 3.33. So, as far as we know, they're still Earthbound, right? And for, so they basically mm -hmm. have to travel to Paris, and it's not that big of a deal for the uh, Ava pilots, because they have all that weird fucked up shit jimmying up their jam or whatever. Their biological needs are different, so it can be longer for them, even though they're still wandering the waste. Okay. Pseudo Lilin, I believe, is the term they throw around. What if a bad was less? What if a bad was slightly more than a bad, but still looked like a bad? Got it. So what you're saying is, what would happen if something was more human than human? Beyond human, maybe. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. going with Rob Zombie, not a sex pest. Sorry, I'm not an I'm not an angry enough white guy to know anything about Rob Zombie. Ah, gotcha. I'm a Munsters fan, so as the only other one in the Western Hemisphere, I have to respect uh, Rob Zombie for that. Man, you are old, huh? Yeah, I I just know <laughs> Rob Zombie from like playing Twisted Metal. Oh, buddy! Completely fair way to know the guy. <laughs> not even. Uh, okay, okay. Not even like the bad movies, like The Devil's Rejects. I don't like horror movies. We've talked about this. <laughs> I don't watch that stuff. I don't know if they're horror movies. Uh, Whatever, gore. They fest. definitely fall under the horror genre, just like most gore does. Yeah, but they're not scary movies. Yeah, but I don't like gore. They're not psychological thrillers, Chris. I'm, so I'm sorry, Matt. I forgot you're a fucking like, Lutheran or whatever. Speaking of Lutherans, we have the first overt violation of the Vatican Treaty in this movie. So, okay, did they ever really? I I did a I didn't watch all the old movies again, but I did like kind of check oh, a I couple did. scenes. And mm -hmm. the only thing I know they mentioned about the Vatican Treaty is that oh, each nation could only Avis have can't explicitly be 
and they can't explicitly be weaponized against uh, other people. Oh, yes. They are specifically only for angels. They're not to be weapons of war. Gotcha. Okay, because I thought the only the only thing I caught about the Vatican Treaty was that you could only have like two Avas or three Avas. You can't have yeah. more than that. They do mention that it is Fuyutsuki specifically who is bioengineering the sins against God, not Gendo, which is kind of interesting. Most of the series tends to leave that guy out, but in this one, he is just straight up Goebbels. Man, like, I well, don't... he's just support staff for Gendo, right? Like, his whole deal is, I just have to buy Gendo time. Because I want the same thing as Gendo. So, I mean, here's the thing that gets me about this movie compared to, say, EOE. Like, one of the few things that I think doesn't work in this one is that Nerve is two people. How are two people building this, like, armada, like, of Ava, Angel, whatever hybrids? Like, I, I, I don't have buy a, that at all. If you have enough level of automation, you can automatically build other automation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, once you have a couple of robots, your robots can build your other machines that build other different robots. Yeah. I, it's fine. I feel like they lay, they lay no track for that. Whereas, like, at the uh, the conflict well, that's, like, in the middle of EOE is... They don't have Sailor to lay versus... track for that, right? I think they it's do. It's been, like, 14 years between two and three. I, yeah. I, I guess so. so. I just, like, I, I feel... Compare, like, just for me, the way it feels to me... Like EOE, where it was like Nerve versus Sele, okay, that makes sense. The scale of that makes sense. The scale of this, I went like, one so, guy did this? What the fuck? <laughs> if you watch the post 3.3 stinger again, where half of it is non canon, but the part of th- a lot of 3.0 plus 1.0 confirms a lot of what happened in there. Sorry, it's the post 2.2 one where Kawaru um, spears the Ascended 01, right? You remember that? Yes. But there are some stuff in there where Nerve has robots fighting the UN. So that would, to me, heavily imply that Nerve got into automation to help de- fight, repel the UN. And the UN clearly attacked Nerve or whatever. Someone is attacking Nerve. So there's no reason it can't also be that. So to me, that sells the automation angle already. All right. That makes sense. I completely forgot about <laughs> that little well, bit of, of that you one because it's a minute and a it's a minute and a half, and most of it seems completely non-canon, just based on three point three. Until we get more flashbacks, elaborating on things that happened in it inside of this movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess fine. If, you you don't want you don't want to complicate they, things with more people. They did definitely treat this movie like it came out the next day, not ten years later. Oh, you mean in terms of you know, yeah. yeah? These were yeah. very much designed to be back to back, and they didn't. I wonder if there was not some kind of little recap. Well, okay, there was a recap on the start of this. I wonder if there was was not something theatrically for the latter two that was just a handy reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, none of this actually matters. It's just something that kept It kind of does, right? Like, it it matters. Like, the believability of it matters heavily to the entire rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it, it just makes the the large scale like the part conflict where there's an part of it infinity different. for every hu- for every living creature on the planet yeah you know what's funny Th- this is me being either being dumb or being way focused on other things i didn't even realize that was exactly why there were so many of them until like this morning when i woke up and i was just like yeah not even awake well, yet 
Hmm. You have to think about it, but the metaphysics of this, you thought about the metaphysics of, like, EOE, the, this one is the most perfectly understandable, and I could explain everything that happens. Like, Yeah, definitely. Except for, like, whatever is going on in the fucking anti-universe or whatever. Oh, I can do that. Uh, I have Ultraman tech for that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm kind of disappointed how much this ends up being, like, an Ultraman reference, <laughs> uh, now that I know that. But also, I don't know. I... Well, it's so good. The anti-universe stuff is the best part of the movie. All right, all right, all right. Let's 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 oh. at least get through this Paris oh. mission. I know we're getting distracted already. The, the best part of the movie is the hug. Yes. I think hmm. breaking the AT field is my peak, but I give you that. So uh, the Earth is now so toxic to all life because everything has been turned into core that they have a limited time they can make contact with the surface before it eats through the suits and then the Lillum inside. Uh, they are on top of a pillar that Nerve Europe got four out of five stages through activating, but unfortunately they have a limited time to get all of it going as a last-ditch effort. So we have Ritsuko, Maya, and the rest of... It's the anti-core magic silver bullet. We did see these in 3.33, so they don't come out of nowhere. We just didn't know what they did then. Oh, sure. I'm definitely I'm definitely just making a, this looks like a sex toy joke. Especially when it comes out of someone's skull later. Ooh. Well, that's only a sex toy for a certain kind of person that's you. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But yeah. The the whole sequence, we will probably discuss this one very briefly because we did already do one recording on it. Uh, three different series of bioengineered weapon AVA, the 44As, or 42A as they refer to it in there, which are just a winged swarm that has become its own organism, according to Ritsuko. That was new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're, they're, they're drones. They're like the little, like, four, or whatever, four copter drones, what they look like. Yeah, they, she just makes an offhanded comment that, like, they seem to have become some kind of hive mind or different organism than what they were developed for. Yeah, they're the thing at Michael Crichton's The Swarm. Prey. Oh, whatever, yeah. I mean, I mean, at this point, right, like, everything we're fighting here is, is nerve stuff. They're not, um, none of this is angels, no, all the angels right. are like all the angels are Yeah. Yeah, the angels are all sealed or dead. Yeah. And it's that's so weird a retrospect to me. I mean this is an interesting movie because on one level it is just a mirror held up to end of Ava, but on another this is completely new ground. There are one and a half aside no angels here. There are not really any battles after a certain point. Uh, the whole climax is the opposite of End of Ava. So think about this, right? It's the end of Ava, but if the impact didn't happen right after the UN attack, like what continues mm. to happen in this world with all these Avas <clears throat> and all these people in it? Yeah, And it's... I've got a little bit later for that when we get to the finale. But they take that out, and then the 
44B and 44C to linked series, which are generators as the B and a positron cannon on legs as the C, come up and start trying to wreck everyone's day. And Mari, using a broken, strapped-to-wires Unit 08, uh, is flying the thing in reverse, someone pointed out to me. She's actually controlling this thing on reverse gyros, which uh, is sickening to me. Not necessarily on wires. They're on, like, the same repulsive AT field thing that all the ships are on. Um, what, what I like about this, uh, having watched all of these, is there's an exact reuse of imagery and sound effects from... Um, what, what was it called? I can't remember what the thing was, what, what they actually called it, but when they do the sniper rifle battle... Um, they reuse yes. yeah. all yeah, of the yeah. imagery and sound effects. It's the same exact positron cannon. Very cool. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought it was too. Like, I, I remember that being like the one cool thing from the first movie. It's like, wow, the sound of that gun is just absolutely incredible. I watched all and four of these movies Romeo. twice for the record. <laughs> this week, yeah, yeah, two point two, still best one. Really? You did that. I watched this uh, five times in three languages. Disgusting. <laughs> Shout, by the way it, big fuck to Amazon for how the voice languages are written in their actual language not the user's display language so good good luck figuring out which one of these is Japanese and which one of these is like Chinese <laughs> it, it's really obvious actually yeah you actually. can't tell the characters <laughs> no. apart what the fuck <laughs> they all look the same to you if you studied Mandarin you could tell which one's Japanese well, Chris that's true, but Matt, <laughs> because because the because the because the characters are the same. I can't pass the uh, the one thousand the one thousand words test yet. I'm not that good at Chinese. Dude, I, can't I do haven't that even anymore, taken that, and I this. can tell the characters no. apart. I have to try really okay. hard. Well, honestly, like, but like between Mandarin and Japanese, I could understand that. Between like Korean and oh, Kore- like Japanese like or, Korean, or Chinese, can. I can no, really tell. no, if. You- yeah. Korean is nothing but round balloon characters. <laughs> They're like steampunk balloon runes where they all have a little hot air balloon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, probably my favorite comedy line of the movie <laughs> yeah. would be. Mari asking forgiveness from Senor Eiffel and shoving the tower into the cannon, twisting it like a drill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's super interesting. Also, the way she's controlling it is like with like wheels, right? Like she's like spinning a wheel. It's not like they're using like the hand controller things, and like that makes sense given the way the thing, um, like all the cameras and the angles are rotating, and also the the arms. Oh, the attached. arm the arm thing is still so cool. Where they basically there's that ring, and the Ava can rotate around inside of the ring, and the arms also rotate around outside of the ring. Extremely sick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like they use a lot of interesting, like camera movement and camera angles because it's in CG, and this is one of those places where it benefits from it. Ugh. Yeah, but then the, uh, then the whole movie is just a CG disaster for the last hour. It does not look good. Yeah, uh, yeah it it, it I, has its drawbacks. I do not like the CG. I do not like. I almost think, especially once the hole opens, they're leaning into uncanny valley with the CG. Yeah, but that 
I understand what you're doing, but the thing you're trying to do still sucks. Well, the problem is that you can... <laughs> I don't want to, like, jump too far ahead, but, like, you can see the line between this part is clearly CG and this part is clearly meant to look like hand-drawn. And they're okay. next to each other and it looks bad. But, like, it's night and day. If you watch, like, two and then go to three, how gorgeous all of the stuff looks hand-drawn. And, like, I'm going to say, the hand-drawn stuff here is the most fantastic hand-drawn shit I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie... And I just wanted more of that. I understand it would be, like, a billion fucking dollars to do the whole movie that way, but... You're gonna have to. You're gonna have out. to point out the the points where it's definitely hand drawn because there are points where I'm like, huh, that kind of looks different. But in my head, I just assumed everything was CG. <laughs> I mean, if we want to get technical, yes, this is all digital art, but still, right, right, yeah, like I, the, the goo part where like the, the yeah, there's a yeah, difference. You can tell. I would still consider digital most of this art to be hand-drawn even if you digitally do it that's the difference between having 3d models in like unity or whatever they do it in is obviously not unity but you know what i'm saying yeah Mm -hmm. it was in the credits i didn't care enough to write it down but by the way this is also where we first start our like parade of like taint shots on the ladies in plug suits just like this is the worst part of the movie for me is that like you're just constantly getting these like low angle shots on these women like Maya's the one in this case but you see it a lot well as the other lady too the other lady who's who doesn't ha- who barely who might have a name that I don't know pink hair it doesn't really matter oh pink hair yeah, yeah pink hair gets it too like I'm not gonna point it out every time but like there's a few moments where it's just like did you really need to do that <laughs> the answer is no it- but like did you really need to do that in this moment especially Matt, they got statues to sell. It's fine. Yeah, so sell the statues. Don't put it in the movie. I definitely get the feeling regarding, you know, pink hair and the fact that none of us know her name, even though I took down these damn notes. The bridge crew of the Wunder is just added so they can go, here are more characters for you to play with in spinoff media. Because at least as released... Pink hair has the most development, and she still, I don't think, is even named on camera once. She has less character development than Sakura. Well, I'm saying, of all the bridge crew... Yeah, Sakura is a character. Sakura has an arc. Okay, technically correct. Worst kind of correct, but still. (laughs) I mean the people who are flying the thing and constantly in the battle Uh bridge. Sakura Sakura is an admin. She's not running around. She's not piloting the ship. She's the person who's going, can I make sure that you're strapped in? I'm watching the prisoner while everything is going down on the deck. I thought she might have been, like, medical, but maybe not. Yeah, she's medical staff with Ed. But everyone's wearing multiple hats. Yeah, 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 crew. yeah. Yeah, Veal is a startup. Yeah, but I could definitely see there being, like, a, a spinoff. <laughs> I could definitely see there being a... a Sorry, a, credit... <laughs> Credit is also the name of their crypto. It does feel very crypto, doesn't it? It feels incredibly crypto <laughs> and incredibly Kojima. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, absolutely. Yes. I, I fucking love that they have a logo. Who designed this logo? Where did that come from? Okay. okay. Sans Frontiers. As someone who works at a startup where we have had 
no less than five logo designs in the literally one year this week since I took this job? No, that's very accurate. Okay, okay. (laughs) But yes, at the end of this, Maya, Ritsuko, and the staff uh, finish hacking the pillar, and it turns out to be another anti-L pillar. So, a big chunk of Paris is decored, and they have something that will allow them to take off these sweaty suits. They finish with about five seconds left, and this was Euro Nerve's backup refueling branch. How many of the... There's this one line that Maya says that does come back, which is uh, when, when they're still, like, grinding stuff out. They're like, oh, this is the problem with young men. Which is... Maya really gets the short end of the stick, honestly. My favorite thing is when they're hacking and it's like an idle game where they're just like, just add more bypasses. (laughs) Yes. And and they're all uh, Panasonic-branded laptops, like workbooks. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is one thing... We'll get to my favorite product placement, but it is the Mm -hmm. most insane combination of things if you recognize all the iconography they're using as opposed to just every once in a while I see what the fuck someone has a Fender guitar on their wall why is that here better than the Pizza Hut <laughs> placement in 1.1 let me tell you buddy I, I love that they named Tamiflu like they didn't show it they just named it is that a real yeah. thing that's a real oh thing. yeah that's a real brand I'm it's bad real, at being uh, an adult drug. so I don't know what that is uh, I survive on uh, pill money and, like, lab money. So, yeah, I have to know some of these. <laughs> uh, among the things that are contained in the armory, which we see them going over, there's spare Ava parts, which they're going to use to repair the 08 and 02. There's just a backup jet alone in one of these towers. I love it. I love him. Uh-huh. Same. <laughs> I have turned jet around alone. hard on jet alone. Jet alone rules. <laughs> and especially as someone who's gone in on Ultraman since we did our Ava series, Jet alone rules. <laughs> All right. And so, here's the thing. Like, they're going to be scavenging parts from these guys to sort of bolt onto Unit 02 and whatever Mari's... I think it's... 08. 08. So, like, do you guys think that this is supposed to be, like... A metaphor for the series or like some kind of meta commentary that they're kind of scavenging different parts from other things and putting it no, together it or, is, is this, or is this just they literal they don't have like, access to nerve factories buddy okay I'm just thinking like there was a potential for a meta commentary here I didn't necessarily think there was but I'm like hmm, maybe there's something there but I guess I guess not <laughs> yeah not so much straightforward movie to be honest there's there, also the yeah. part where I think the 3.3 teaser actually refers to instead of doing this, clearly this was something that came later in the writing. Uh, they were fused into Ava 2 plus 8, yep. and it's just a hybrid of the two scrapped Avas. I do yeah. remember that. That's one of yeah. the only things that's different. Well... That's not true. The attack on Nerve had them fighting on foot through the Infinities. What they did is so much cooler. Ugh, ugh. Even though I really do not care about that entire action block, I have to admit the imagery is sick. I very much... I want to hear at some point what some of these scrapped plans were that came out of those teasers. 
because it seems like there are at least two, one and two movies that just got drafted and then didn't get done. And I wonder what the result of that will be. I mean, it would be amazing if, yeah, they released like a production's like behind the scenes look for all of these movies. And it's probably going to be like a thousand pages because it kept getting rewritten or or like sidetracked or whatever. I just paid $300 for the original series, so I'd pay it. Mm -hmm. I'm tempted about that. I I don't know if I should get that or not. You should. You're not sure. The answer is no. Yeah. Me, the devil on your shoulder, and Chris, the angel. (laughs) I I just love, like, hmm, should I drop $300 on this? But at the same time, I'm like, I'm still not buying a Switch It says a lot about how bad of a decision it is that I, a person who loves to buy stuff like that, is telling you no. Mm -hmm. And I, the person who buys all of To Love Rue Darkness, is the one going, do it. (laughs) That that, that alone uh, (laughs) hurts your point. Oh, uh, I know. I know I'm the sicko here. <laughs> Boy, do we know it. Yeah. So who wants to talk about the worldwide walk? Oh, right. Uh, we also hear that Ava 08 is going to be modified for overlap capability, which is an Ultraman reference that comes up in the climax. Okay. Yeah, so after this, we get to see the pilots again and they are wandering around in the uh, L contaminated I guess they're still in Japan right they have to be I'm uh, pretty sure they landed near Tokyo 3 or Tokyo uh-huh. 4.0 or whatever the hell yeah the, the stuff around <laughs> and obviously when they run into the village it, that's definitely a Japanese village uh, so they're they're wandering around after the end of the, the last episode Asuka is basically dragging Shinji by the collar or by the wrist, uh, and he is still, like, semi-catatonic. And, um... They have that dumb wrist computer that's too small to read. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> for a movie theater only. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a very striking set of scenes, even though... Like, this is also where we get a lot of the credits. Uh, yeah, it's, like, it's a montage. Yeah, it's a montage. Like, everything is red except for the characters... Uh, the, we find out that uh, the the suits are battery powered, and apparently that's what's protecting them from the uh, the L, the core, whatever. Right? Like that was my sense, or is that just to keep them alive? I think it's fifty fifty. They say that the core contamination means humans can't be down here. I think Shinji's the only one at risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he is definitely the most human of the three of them and even then it's still only partial he's still mutated yeah i this is also where i i believe we start to see the first uh like the what they call the wanderers later like the uh the ava bodies that look they just all look like unit uh unit oh one they're the infinities right yeah yeah failures of infinity yeah and uh they're just you know most of the, the ones we see here are dead they're not moving but, uh, but yeah, they of... seem to break down physics around them. We see objects just yeah. floating around the corpses or, like, arcs of electricity or energy between various things in the area. It's very roadside picnic or stalker, if you know yeah. that is the movie. Yeah, I've not heard... I know stalker. I don't know of roadside picnic. So I was like, what is that? That's It's the story it's based on. Gotcha. 
It's a book you can oh, read. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably better than the game, don't... right? Oh, my God. Stop. Okay. <laughs> we weren't talking about Stalker the video game, you asshole. <laughs> well, yeah. were you talking about the movie? The yes. movie. Yeah, the Tartovsky oh. film. Okay. Okay. Because what I think, I mean, look, when I think Stalker, I think the game. That's exactly why I wrote Roadside Picnic in the notes. Okay. Just because I figured that some people were going to think that. But yes, uh, the film is beautiful. The story is quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they are uh, dicking around with the vending machines they run into, uh, but just getting drinks there. And uh, right, right as Shinji's uh, suit is losing power, a man comes up in this orange, like, con- uh, like contamination suit. And uh, we find out later that this is Kensuke. And it's actually, depending on which dub you're in, easy or hard to tell who this is blindly. Because a couple of the VAs uh, change quite a bit. And a couple, it's like, oh yeah, we just had the same person do this. And it's been, uh, you know, 20 years. So it turns out they sound different. Well, the thing is here is he's older. So the voice is going to be different. Oh, the thing that upsets me the degree. most about this in the, is the uh, the subtitles where Gendo has an H at the end. <laughs> Toji too. Yeah, or like well, Toji has an H before the J, and that's fine. Wait, what? What are these? The on Amazon top subtitles? Yes. Yeah, Gendo has Gendo like the O in Toji and the O in Gendo both have H's after them. I mean, it's probably other ones that do that, or like Gendo inaccurate i've seen that in a few pieces of the mangas and things it's just it tends to be sliced out because we have the romanization that's accepted but it's not like that in all the other ones on amazon which is why it's big upsetty to me do not like the the inconsistency big bother Uh maybe uh by the time i started looking at those tracks i was later in the week and they corrected it i don't recall seeing that Mm -hmm. i'd have to look again i would either way yeah but uh, after uh, he shows up, they end up at Village 3. This is the best part of the movie. I, I agree. I completely agree. Ab- absolutely best part of the movie. So what I like so much about the opening part of the movie here, from beginning to here is that the movie reflects the time difference and emotional development of people who would, would have watched 3.0 to mm-hmm. now because now Shinji is a burden rather than someone you are to empathize with and everyone else is their lives are meant to be a reflection of hopefully you have changed in the last 10 years well aside from that there's also the fact that this movie is the first one that really examines alright so the thesis of end of Ava and a lot of the series is Shinji is the protagonist. Anime is for otaku like Ano. You are going to empathize with Shinji if you are watching this. This movie is the first one that really throws out. What if your character in this narrative was Rei? What if you always felt like an Asuka? What if you were a Misa? And it dives into those other people as having something internally going on. What if you were and a saying, normal person you who can... had to hang out with a depressed person? <laughs> yeah, that's very it's much like, what it is. What if you wanted to be happy? What would your encouragement be? And they go into that. That's different. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the whole, I mean, I don't know if I want to get into, like, my general feelings about the whole thing, but, like, yeah, the lens of this is very, very different than the one from End of Ava, and it mostly, yeah, it mostly comes up here because, you know, they go to the village, and it turns out that most of the characters you remember from the show are there, and they're grown up, and they've matured a lot. You know, Kensuke has become the the handyman uh, who goes around and just fixes everything and, like, keeps track of, you know, how are the walls doing? And Toji is this, like, doctor of sorts. Like, he's not really a doctor, but, you know, he administers yeah, he's like a, medical He's help. like a nurse's assistant, right? More like or less. Probably yeah. in terms of knowledge. He says he's, like, gotten some books and some training from Veal, but that's about it. Yeah, and and he married uh, the class rep whose name I forget. Hikari. Wow. Hikari, right? <laughs> the funny thing is that even even Toji's like, "Hey, guess what? It's class rep." <laughs> she plays a pretty big role here, honestly. Um, yep. You know, and they have a daughter She's together. She's the only normal uh, person. Is... It's so funny. I think I think Toji gets uh, a No, co- no, because. I think a lot of the people the, in this village. The thing are that makes normal. her the most normal is she's the only person who seems extremely upset when the fourth impact is happening. Toji's like, "It'll I be mean, fine." Think... Sato and Shinji got it, and she's like, "Are you fucking?" Kidding I don't me? think that's not that's not the tone. That's not the tone. He's He's like, "We put our trust in them. Let's believe in them." Like that was the yeah. way that read to me, which is like it was definitely what I mean. Toji is. Here's the thing. Toji's voice actor does a fucking incredible job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He is, like, all over the place, like, he, he, you know, showing excitement or singing when he's drunk or just showing a, he, he shows a ton well, of range. Well, pantomiming having a microphone. I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish more of the, the song he was singing was uh, put in the subs. Like, you get, like, one line, uh, but that's it. I, not that it matters at all. I'm sure, like, for a Japanese audience, they know what song that is. But. Speaking of songs and subs, it's so funny to me that the subs say, long, sad song, and then it's, like, two minutes long, and I'm like, what is your perspective on the length of a song? <laughs> hmm. uh, editing, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, the, this whole section is very much... Okay, so Shinji is basically catatonic, and... Everyone is being very nice to him and sort of giving him space. And basically, like, this is the thing. Toji and Kensuke show a lot of emotional intelligence in this section, I feel like. And that, I feel, is probably what makes these, you know, this time skip, like, really, really strong. Right? Because you can tell that these people have matured. And this is the kind of maturity you never saw in the original series with any character. Well, they explicitly just outright say that, have Asuka say that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's let's dive into this a little more. Let's flesh this out for the people yeah. who might only be here on the podcast. So this village is somewhere in, I believe they say northern Japan. It's comprised of a lot of different survivors of the various impacts in the 14 years. There's an international community. It's mostly Japanese, but there's people who've been picked up by the ships. They drop off survivors where they find them. Uh, Hikari and Toji seem to have one of the major roles here in that he's the community doctor 
and she seems to be assisting with a lot of I don't know childcare. We see a lot of children in and out of their place at the clinic. She's just doing like miscellaneous labor, basically, like taking care of kids, making some food for people who are working, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Kensuke has become a kind of survivalist. A lot of his technical knowledge seems to have translated to him becoming the handyman for everything. But he's also got a lot of wilderness. His photography and his knowledge of all this tech seems to have turned him into the guy who has to go out and repair things. A prepper with practical knowledge is what you mean. Which is, I guess, actually, yes, the, word, thank you. That the was... word is survivalist for a prepper that has practical skills. I think the difference between Kensuke and Toji is fascinating because Toji, who was the very aggro, yeah, I'm going to be a big shonen hero, oh yeah, I got kind of an Italian look about me because I always wear a tracksuit, is now just this family man, this caring guy, who also admits in a moment of quiet introspection... I did some dark shit to keep myself and kind of my family alive when the world was going to hell, and I want to atone for that, because I think that no matter what, if you are alive, there is a chance to do better. Kensuke does not ever mention such. I get the feeling that Kensuke might have just gone off the grid when everything went to hell, and that's how he survived. Okay, what's the over-under on him having an actual toilet in the trunk of the car, or him just shitting in the trunk of a car? I thought it was in the in the, in the the train car, like it was a toilet in the train car. Oh, it could, be a, it could be a train car, because there are a lot of actual cars there, too, and I did not think of a train car. I'm like, is my man just sitting and shitting in the trunk of a car? <laughs> uh, they might actually be collecting that for fertilizer because you're going to need something. Yeah. An interesting thing we didn't really catch, um, by the way, in our previous rebuilds that I noticed, I'm going to bring it up because it's a, uh, it involves Toji. Sure. Is that the impact that Mari has on the series and how she is basically a new addition in this loop Um and how that pushes all everything off angle from just repeating EOE. Mm-hmm. And the first real push of that is when she's present. So they don't need a new third pilot. So Toji's not the one. And it becomes Asuka because they already have three pilots. They have an extra to test with. That's the That's the real first thing. And that was just, like, an interesting way to see how all of the oh, changes shit. basically rip, ripple out of that, right? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, Mari is the difference, and she sets everything on a different course just by being there. Well, I mean, here's the thing that I we're probably going to have to talk about at the very end, which is like she is working on her own agenda, separate from from Vil, Villa, uh, and separate from Nerve. But like, with whom? Because like when she first arrives, like in the parachute. She has that phone call where she's like, yep, uh, I, I infiltrated, you know, pick me up later. She was working with Kaji. Yeah. Working with Kaji. Okay. Doesn't Kaji work with like, yeah. the Chinese government? And Kaji? he's explicitly mm. at the scene where she breaks out with the Ava doing that whole, aw, shucks, and don't know what this is. So does Mari, because Mari speaks yeah. a lot of Chinese. 
She does. Yeah, actually, you're right. I get the I, feeling I that. that sort of like how he and was a double so agent in the original timeline. Kawaru mm-hmm. and and Kaji have clearly had a lot of interaction based on how Shinji chooses them as complementaries. Like they already know each other. Mm-hmm. So to me, that means that Kawaru is the person who basically set up Mari and pushed everything off angle for this new result. And I also hmm. get the sense, just based on their one scene in the finale, he might have been the Gendo equivalent of Euro Nerve or another branch. Which is I wanna see that. I wanna see that story. That seems yeah. interesting to me. But it was really interesting to watch all of these movies in a row and see how Mari is actually the hero who pushes every single big event in a different direction. And that's how we get to the the actual breaking out of the loop. Yeah, now, now that you mention it, like, especially going back to like 3.33 and like her role in the, the final conflict there. Yeah, there's definitely she's definitely intervening. Right. In 3.3 couldn't even happen. If she wasn't there in oh, sure. two. Sure. Okay. Because so, then Asuka wouldn't be the pilot. If we're going into this now, I'm going to bring up something I was going to save for the end. One of the biggest differences that I think shapes Rebuild is before this started, before this would have been on the horizon, mm-hmm. in 2002, Hideaki Ano gets married to his wife, now Moyoko Ano, a mangaka. And... She put out a volume about what their life was like called Insufficient Direction. It's a gag series that's just like, I I am in a marriage with another creative, but he's like kind of infamous for being one of the world's biggest man children. And it's very silly. He wrote something in the back of the collected version of it. And I think it sums up a lot of how Rebuild turns out. I'm just going to read this quote directly. What's amazing about my wife's manga is that she doesn't create any out from reality. Most manga these days are no more than a device to provide readers with a refuge from reality to satisfy them out there. The bigger fans they are, the more likely they'll become one with the fantasy and have difficulty accepting anything else. My wife's manga leaves a bit of energy to readers as they return to the real world. Instead of making you want to dwell in yourself, her manga makes you want to go outside and do something. It emboldens you. It's a manga for tackling reality and living among others. My wife lives like that, and I think that's why she can write like that. Her manga accomplished what I couldn't do in Ava to the end. It was a shock to me. I think Rebuild is based on him trying to take that lesson, trying to impart that sense of optimism, that energy, that go outside yourself, this is not an escape, please don't dwell in this, into his work. 100%. And that's what I was trying to say about the emotional, the evolution of the emotional lens, right? And like, to to get to a little bit of closing thought, that's why personally, I don't emotionally relate to the movie in the same way anymore, except for the village sequence. And at the end, because it's been 10, it's been 10 years, right? Like, even since we've recorded rebuilds, right? Like, I'm no longer extremely depressed. And I don't need to relate to how this person gets out of that and finds meaning in life, I already figured that out. So at this point, the character I relate most to is Hikari, right? Mm-hmm. Or Gendo at the end, because everyone is a bad parent sometimes. But 
and that like forget forgiveness of the child that's the emotional core of the movie this is a movie from and for people who used to be extremely depressed and kind of aren't anymore and the main focus of the movie is people helping shinji get out of that rather than watching shinji wallow in that and how it changes his behavior oh absolutely like like my big take of like eoe versus this movie is that like eoe is somebody like mid-depression crisis and kind of so it it, it feels that way right right, yeah yeah so like the reason why i say that is because you know everything is so dark and terrible and people are getting killed left and right and if they're not being killed literally they're being killed their character is being assassinated and then this all comes down you know gets torn down until shinji's really the only thing left where in this case it feels like this feels like a movie made by somebody who, who, yeah, was extremely depressed, is several years removed from that and has like a bigger, wider and sort of kinder view on everything. Because this like, is like even what the, even the old credits, right? Like, the yeah. I, I understand. Check it out. The world is, in fact, beautiful. And I know that here's just some shots of the beautiful place that I live or work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you're absolutely right that like. To me, like this village section. So, like to, to get back on get back on track here. Oh no, we're not getting back on track. I have a I have a thing after you're done. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> well, why don't you do that then? Because I was going to talk about like Shinji's, um, you know, how he goes in the in the village. Like Eo, his whole group. Eoe is not necessarily extremely cynical. Eoe is hopeful, but it has a false hope. Because um, the ending of this basically confirms, like, the thing that I have always said where, like, the movies did not directly contradict that um, 25 and 26 happen while Shinji's in the sea of LCL and he basically works through his depression and thinks he can get over it. Um, But they say, you know, you did that, but you couldn't, it didn't hold up to reality because it's one thing to understand and, like, your depression and be able to get through it, but another to be able to actually not live that way because it's very easy to become fixated on being sad in the way that feels and for something else to be very hard. So that's why you see him just break down at the right after EOE and go back to how he was. But so the end of EOE is not necessarily the, the most of it is not necessarily cynical. The very end part, because he has gotten through it mentally, but just can't live that way. So I so mean, that's the only thing I'm going to say is that the end is should, to be read as more hopeful. That basically that emotional truth is why I like that there are no space aliens in this movie because space aliens are not that cool and was never the thing it was about for me. Like to me, 25 and 26, I, I can understand why people like it or prefer it to the to the uh, EOE ending. However, like you need thing, both, right? You kind of need both. But because they in, ha- they happen together. But like, I mean, I think that like twenty five and twenty six, like that ending, did not sell me at all on Shinji's realization and growth, and then like you know, right? With it's, the it's an internal growth, not a growth that you can live. Well, it's also the pace of it doesn't make any sense, and because it's so internalized, I guess it's also happening during. It's if it's happening during instrumentality, that makes sense because right. all the consciousness everyone everyone's together and and the movie explicitly says that that phase of instrumentality where they are c of lcl is a couple of years so you're watching it in 40 minutes but it's not happening in 40 minutes yeah but it feels like it happens in two seconds like that yeah you know in terms of someone who's like worked through like 
you know, depression and shit like that stuff does not happen quickly. And it feels like here, here they sell that recovery and sort of that sort of working through that stuff way better here. Having to go from being force fed to eating just because you realize that you not eating is a burden to other people. Mm -hmm. Right. Like even just that tiny thing feeling like a huge step is how it really is. Yeah. Yeah. No, this sells it a lot better. Yeah. So like, yeah, to get back on the rails, yeah, Shinji is basically catatonic, and he is, everyone's pretty much leaving him alone. He's staying with um, Asuka and Kensuke in sort of like a, a little, like, workshop shack out in the outside. And he, he here, here's something about, um, like, Asuka and Kensuke apparently seem to have some type of relationship, and, like, she, she calls well, it by the, a nickname, Ken Ken. Yeah. Well, right. They they have they have the same perspective, and that they like society, but feel that they belong out of it, but mm-hmm. not for self centered reasons. They just understand that they don't interact well with it. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I I'm apparently people really thought, especially what, with what happens at the end, that there was potentially a romance between the two. I don't think so, and I think the creators don't think so. <laughs> from the interviews I that, that i read matters. you can you can think whatever you want about that i guess yeah i, to, to I me, get the sense they might try it on a long enough time scale but i think there's also these are two of the characters who are most likely to go mm, i don't know about that yeah i mean they could they could they could in a post-ava world right like they are extremely complementary and shinji is basically setting up people that are emotionally complementary to have had stronger relationships not necessarily like forcing them into stuff right but they are like a natural emotional pairing they emotionally mirror each other just with different goals mm-hmm. one is to serve society from protect it from the outside yeah i i, I think like the the thing that i that kept coming my brain kept coming back to is is asuka really an adult because she's still 14 years old like physiologically and it feels like to me a lot of her anger and the way she has her her outbursts towards Shinji uh, and you know and all that sort of frustration with him feels very. I have a brain of a fourteen year old, even though I have like the life experiences of an older person. I still don't have the emotional I don't, regulation. Of... I don't think so. That's only to Shinji, right? That yeah. is, I have had a trauma with you that I have been unable to address or work out for 14 years yeah i i think the thing that i'm just like still struggling with the how you can't clearly she's clearly not 14 years old anymore but she still is in the form of a 14 year old what does that ultimately mean well she does show the dramatic amount of emotional intelligence right and it it is this is like one of the only times where they really sell like i am actually a different age than my body not that that makes like your weird sex fantasy okay, but that makes it that <laughs> makes problem, it work right? within the story well. Yeah, and I think the emotional outbursts are a Shinji specific thing because Shinji was basically willing to let her die just so he couldn't make the wrong decision and feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of this was laid down in the opening of three point thirty three, where she's having a conversation with him behind the glass but she's also very frustrated at him because 
she's had all this time. She's clearly grown close to Mari and had a whole arc and life, literally doubled her life. And then this asshole rolls back in out of nowhere and is like, what did I do? And that's what sets her off is because she's mature enough to know I can't be mad at you for being ignorant when you were in hell prison for 14 years, but also, you son of a bitch, you ruined all our lives. One thing that does suck about 3 in retrospect is that half of the plot, the, a majority of the plot is only motivated by the fact that no one stops to explain anything to him, mm, yeah. despite there being sufficient time. And yeah, yeah. it feels like a very big plot hole. Part happen. of the climax of this wraps that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like somebody just says, instead of saying, that's not the Ray you think it is, it'd be like, it's a Ray clone. Just say it's a Ray clone. <laughs> yeah, the same thing actually does happen with Nerve, right? Where no one stops to, it's not Nerve, it's with Wiley, where no one stops to talk to them about Shinji's perspective, where they couldn't be here to be mad without what had happened anyway. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. They do sell the reverse. That makes it feel better to me. Good point. Yeah, I think... I think whether it was intended or not, uh, that was accounted for by the time this film came around. Yeah. Related to that, I think that Asuka counts as an adult in that she is trying to care for Shinji, but she also realizes the gap between us is so large that there, you know, we are not... Yeah. A couple. We cannot be a couple. Yeah, I'm and... your mom now. Yeah, yeah. She, she says it explicitly. Like, I grew up before you did. Yeah. Another thing and, is, but, especially with the... But sad. The sadness in that is, like, really yeah. hits. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing is, with the revelation at the end, that in this timeline there was an Asuka series, the Shikinami series, like Ray's, yeah. do you think part of that is not... My entire existence was the Euro branch doing weird eugenics to try and make a perfect soldier, and you just got to come out of the womb and live a life, well, you son of a that, bitch. it's not just that, right? There's also the implication, because it is true that the Ayanamis have been emotionally programmed to like Shinji, that makes it clear that Asuka doesn't necessarily... I don't think Asuka knows that she's like a clone. Um, but it makes it clear in reverse that she has been emotionally programmed to only receive fulfillment from piloting the Ava, right? It, like That's what Fuyutsuki really means when he says children with pre-written lives. Yeah, I, I almost took that as well to say that perhaps maybe Asuka was also... I guess he wouldn't be, she wouldn't be conditioned to like Shinji as well in the same way Rei is. Or... But she might have responses to him. Yeah. Well, her yeah. she's basically programmed to desire only explicit external validation. And when you're a ch when you're a child and you don't know anything about having healthy love, love loving relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like a relationship for you is if can be a form of just validation. Sure, sure. And to me, that angle of the, like the jealousy angle in two two that makes sense from that perspective to me. So I. And here's me going into is this meta question again like the, the idea that like the two pri i'm going to say primary love interests for the main character you know the ones where all the fandom's really about to have them both be clones to be like engineered especially one engineered to like 
the boy, like that feels almost like a meta commentary on. Oh, it is. Well, it's a metaphor. It's metaphorical, not necessarily also not just not just pure meta commentary. Right. Like what are the common ways to what are the common ways to live and find satisfaction in your life? Mm -hmm. One is people praising you. One is close, intimate relationships. One is being focused explicitly on a goal. Right. Yeah. Like Mario is the only person who's just fully, fully inter like in- self actualized, has an actual internal life, and is and Shinji becomes that way at the end. But Asuka and Ray are a clone series that just represent a way of being in the world and mm-hmm. deriving your own emotional satisfaction from being in the world. Yeah, I I'm not entirely convinced. Like maybe I'll change my mind by the end of this. Like I wasn't entirely convinced that. Um, Asuka needed to also be a clone. I don't I think, think she needs to. I don't think she needs to. But I think it it adds to the message of the movie of trying to find a perspective on being alive and finding finding your happiness in that. Yeah, I, I just think it adds to the artificiality of the characters. <laughs> Period. Well, that's the point. They are to be artificial, right? Yeah, I think it's incredibly intentional because of the fact that for. 30 years now, it's been merch of those two primarily driving this shit. Sure, there was occasionally a Gendo or Shinji figure, maybe a Kaworu statue, but the (laughs) money came from Uh Rei and Asuka and maybe some titty. Oh, I mean, I I sent uh, y'all a picture uh, that I took in Japan of, like, a Masato... (laughs) statuette where she was like in a bikini and it was uh way too horny (laughs) so Masato also part of it but definitely a lesser part compared to the other two i feel like of the original cast misato was never otaku bait because she was a woman who was shown to have a history and flaws and way too many people overlook those on Rey and Asuka in a way that you cannot narratively, probably because the story says, hey, Misato fucks. There's a certain type of otaku, and I showed you, Matt. They're called Toriyama. Not Toriyama, Matori, what's his name? The 13 uh, guy? <laughs> his name is Toriyama too, so you're correct. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it! I think it's Motoi Toriyama, I could be wrong. Yeah. But he's that guy, the guy that yeah. you're about to describe. <laughs> yeah, very much a, I want my perfect sealed and amber waifu. And I showed you, Matt, the quote from an interview with Ano where he's talking about, yeah, the Utena guy was telling me, look, in the final episode, show Ray pregnant. Just show her pregnant so they realize, oh shit, in the real world, she would grow up and have a life and she wouldn't just be this pure maiden. And he's like... I don't think we need to go that far. Instead, check and it out. Pop. I think I think a lot of rebuild, especially with that interview coming back up in some of the discussion, is maybe Ano thinking, "Ah, oh, fuck, Ikuharo had a point." Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we haven't talked about oh, the way they do it. Instead, is so fucking uh, we, good. We, we haven't talked about Ray at all in this series, which. Because we haven't gotten to Ray in right, the yeah. Because this this is the other we're an hour in, and we're, <laughs> we're we're not even to credit. We're on this bullet point about angelic days, I... and you know what? That's fine because 
the the entire middle hour of this movie we don't have much to say about other than it's yo cool robot yeah this is where all the emotional core well happens until like the actual uh climax yeah this is the yeah. real movie yeah and, yeah and then the real movie continues for 20 minutes at the end this is a movie with an hour and a half action sequence in the middle it's, which i which is cool yeah. But yeah, this is yeah. the real movie. This is where the podcast is. Like on rewatch, I stopped after this section, like right before the, the final mission starts. And then I saw the other hour and a half afterwards. And I'm like, this is way better paced than sitting all through this in one go. Well, the <laughs> hour and a half is the second hour and a half is interesting because that's the time where you think about the metaphysics of it. Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. But like in terms of just setting up the stakes and like, you know, th- this movie just to go one more tangent <laughs> like this movie to me is like i i think the epitome of fan service right Be- not in the sense of like oh you got to see some titties or whatever like fan service no i get that in, in the sense of like hey toji and hikari get together isn't that great everyone gets to grow up and be actual adults and you know live a life which is great you know, and, and we'll talk more about what the other character, you know, how they get payoffs. But like, it seems like if you're a fan of these characters, they went out of their way to really pay off all of that in a way that I think at least most fans would appreciate. Okay, to get meta about it, though, that is to be expected, right? Because it's all sure. of these characters begging Shinji to please don't be this way. Think about somebody other than yourself and how you affect them. It try to grow up and it is these characters pleading with people who still it is their perspective is pleading with people who are still have Shinji's perspective because that's mm-hmm. the thing is that the movie serves two audiences right it's not like mm-hmm. everyone the only people watching this were fans of Ava when 3.0 came out there are people who are still further back in that in their emotional journey whether they're younger or slower to get through it that still need that Mm-hmm. And that it's very interesting and in that it serves multiple different audiences that way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's also interesting how, like, it, there's a lot of characters, but it doesn't feel like there any of them are kind of tacked on. Like, like Kensuke, like, puts the idea in Shinji's brain, talk to your father. You know, just, yeah, it doesn't matter. Just, just talk to him. Call uh, your mom, bro. <laughs> yeah. And but I like, think that uh, the it's so only good. character who could tell him that is Kensuke, someone who the last time he saw him was kind of a another weirdo loner on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. I've changed my mind. I love this movie now. <laughs> there's a lot of really good stuff in it. Oh, it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And then there's some cool robots that, or whatever. But This, this movie really has the full metal jacket problem, where it's too... Very different movies shoved yeah. together. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying about, about like stopping halfway. You know, because yeah. they do feel like two very different things. Uh, like I, I could have <laughs> like been happy just been like, hey, why don't you just have them end in this village and then they just live their lives in this destroyed world? Like that would have been good enough for me, honestly. You are one hundred percent right. By the way, Matt. Wow, this truly was the end of Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. Like that was the that's first thought. You're right. The Perfect. first one. <laughs> uh, shit. So this is set up like the thing I just mentioned. Like, yeah, Kensuke goes, like, takes Shinji and Asuka to his father's grave. And apparently his father survived near Third Impact, but died in a different accident, like a random accident. And, uh, you know, 
That scene hit me like a truck, by the way. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. My father survived COVID and then died of cancer in a coma. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was, you know, under a month ago. That one was fun. Anyway, I'm not dwelling on that on the recording. I have my own shit to process. Yeah, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where the, the whole talk to your father thing, like, come comes into that. But also, you have Ray, right? Ray's in the village. Mm-hmm. And Ray, Ray is a beautiful metaphor for what it, what your experience is like when you're out of your parents' house and you're out of college and you didn't join the military and now it's your time to learn about how the world really is and how you can be in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much how Love do you it. human... Because, <laughs> like, you know, she's constantly asking questions, particularly of like the the the, the three old women uh, that she uh, is planting rice with, like during the day. Like that's her main job is to to do farm work. Oh, I love that! I I would watch it. I would watch the anime about these ladies. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Like they they have uh, they they're very they feel very well observed. I would like a slice of life about normal people. I don't want to watch the, sl- the slice of life animes for people who like slice of life animes. <laughs> okay. So a, uh, this is why I'm sad that David couldn't show up for this recording. I mm-hmm. guarantee he would have been gushing about Kare Kano right now, which is after Ava, they gave Ano another series to helm and it was adapting this manga. It came out here as his and her circumstances, but at the very end, somehow Anno couldn't run a budget again. And so this slice-of-life romance anime gets very weirdly philosophical with pencil boards and shit because they're stretching what meager budget they have, and it turns this into this whole arc. This motherfucker needs a CPA. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, in the time since that all happened, we've also learned that Gynax was a fucking mess of embezzlement and other shit. So maybe of it wasn't all him. they were. But yes. Uh, yeah. I If you want that show, Kare Kano is that show. Maybe you should try and find it, Chris. I don't know. I, I wrote it down. What is it called? I wrote it down. Is it His and Her Circumstances? His and Her Circumstances or Kare Kano. K-A-R-E-K-A-N-O. K-A-R-E-K-A-N-O? Yep. Yeah. So okay. yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. L- look it up. It might be what you're asking for. But you're mentioning, and we've we've all said, hey, you know, I wish we could see more of this story. I wish we could. I hate that I know what we sound like when we're saying the point of this is to go out and be free and want other things and not get trapped in the internality of it. But also, this is a world that is so fascinating and has these characters where... You want to know what happened to them during all of this time. It's not that it's not the characters specifically, right? Like my favorite characters are these ladies who are just non-characters who might not even have names. What it is 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 just it's an entirely relatable projection of somebody in the diff- in a different part of the world living basically the same kind of life that I live. Hmm. Right, they're just going about it, having a good time, and it's just nice to vibe out to. I just, I just figured I'd call. I out guess the really, island. what I want is the the slice of life that is like the beginning, the 
opening part before the movie starts in Totoro, just hanging out in our house with our family, having a good time, vibing out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, Ray is learning everything about how to deal with interactions. She, she asked that, you know, she asked Hikari, like, what, you, what does it mean to say hello or goodbye? Or, you know, she sees uh, a mother and child holding hands and she says, what's that? And it's like, oh, this is what you do when you want to bond with somebody. Uh, yeah, I, I did kind of give like an audible fuck you to when they put Ray in the, in the uh, uh, the sailor suit. OK, so I like that thematically once I realized what it was. Everyone in this village who's grown up has their own new style and identity. The two characters, two and a half, I guess, that we put in another character's old costume are the ones who still have to grow. Because mm-hmm. Shinji's wearing Toji's old tracksuit around. Right. Mm-hmm. And Ray is wearing, I I guess it has to be Hikari's old school uniform, because I don't know why sense. Ray's would be there. That would make sense. But at the same time, uh, Asuka is just walking around in panties and an open jacket. <laughs> For reasons. But only in Kensuke's cabin. She's not doing it around people because she's not going around people much. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she does put on the plug suit a couple of times. That's basically her outside the house outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Although you do see her with the hoodie uh, stalking, uh, not stalking, just like keeping an eye on Shinji uh, when he runs away. Uh, so maybe yep. she puts that over the plug suit, whatever. It's not important. I, I think that's, yeah, she wears that around people. Good, vi- good visual metaphor, by the way, for Ray, Ray in the school uniform while she is just basically in school but about being a person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes a while before they put her in that. It, it so does good. take a while. It, and yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of bit about, like, she doesn't have... Everyone's calling her uh, Miss Lookalike. Miss Lookalike. Because here's the thing. They immediately recognize that, oh, you look exactly like Ray, but you're not Ray, which raises a lot of questions for me, which is like, do they know she's a clone? They're, they're taking away your number and trying to get you to pick a name. Damn. Given that I started this with a prisoner joke, that's excellent. Uh-huh. I was going to ask earlier, what do we want to call her? Because I guess she's kind of the Ray of this movie, but... She's not Rei Ayanami as we know her, and that does come up by the we'll end. We'll call her Rei, but when we say Rei, assume we're spelling it R-A-Y. <laughs> well, she's, she's every, number six. Because everyone loves her. It's fine. Yeah, she, yeah. She, she's uh, uh, she, she's Rei number six. <laughs> Rei clone number six. Yeah. And but, so... Sorry, can you say Shinji in your Rei Romano voice? <laughs> Shinji! <laughs> I'm still probably going to keep that one no matter what vocal training I do. That's just going to be in my Rolodex of voices. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) It's surprisingly useful. (laughs) Been more so than I think. Hikari's father uh, lives with them, and it's actually the only time in the whole series we see a member of the Tokyo 3 kids have a parent in their life aside from Gendo. Yeah. Like, seriously, think through the whole series. All we see are flashbacks. Usually they're dead. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the setup in the series was that, like, didn't all of them have a dead parent? Probably mother. Had to be slightly orphaned, had to be missing one parent, but we never saw the survivor. In this one, Hikari's dad is just there. He, He thinks Shinji's a shitty house guest. And he is, but, you know. 
Con- yep. Considering his scenario, it's okay. How long do we think this sequence takes? My brain says two or three months, start to finish. Probably two to six months. I would say yeah, two, it's... Two, two to three. The only reason I say six is just because of the emotional development of Shinji and knowing personally how long that can take. That's fair. Yeah, you they, can't really tell because you... You, don't have, you don't have a change of season. But also, I guess my girlfriend's head never exploded. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, they the... give you a couple of clues throughout some of the children growing up in shots. <laughs> Sorry, Shinji does some poppers and that is a change, uh. man. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh my god! I, uh, I I read that article on the the origin of poppers. Actually, <laughs> fascinating yeah. stuff. I don't. I did not even know what that was until like earlier this year. Oh, I knew. Aren't they for your butthole? Well, I, uh, I know at what it times. Is now. So, uh, we didn't mention it in anything but passing. But we learned that there are a few villages like this around the world. We don't see any others because this is the only one that has named cast in it. But. Uh, Vil has set up these outposts. They help deliver supplies between them because they're not self-sufficient. And they have a sub-organization called Credit, with a K, that is what they run all of the shipments and movements of these resources under. Use them to play Mortal Kombat. It's fine. (laughs) And that leads into... Let's just jump ahead a little... The revelation that Vil is a reverse Sele, which was a death cult. And so this is them trying to undo that in every conceivable angle. What if the UN didn't suck ass? Yeah. Up to and including stealing a nerve ship and making it into an arc for all life they can conceivably save. Seeds, animal specimens, etc. It is a little silly. That immediately after that, it becomes completely unnecessary. That is true. But they don't know that. They just think... I know. Yeah. I like it. I just think that's funny. I I appreciate the mission uh, because it's just basically what what if the Earth was so ruined that that vault in Sweden wasn't good enough? Mm Mm-hmm. And let's unpack that Kaji is the one who came up with the arc plan and was one of the most mature individuals possible. Mr. My one character touch is watermelons is actually the guy who's like, I want to make an arc to save this world from everything that my former job has done to it. I I hate it. Don't sell him short. He likes watermelons and watermelons. Uh That's true. You hate that, huh? I I hate it. I I hate what they've done to Kaji here because I don't buy it at all. (laughs) Well, why not? He was like that at SeaWorld. He's like that in the rebuilds. I guess. I don't know. You know what? The thing that bothers me mm-hmm. is that it's a lot of people telling me that this happened and none of me seeing it. Right? But you kind of saw it in the original series. You saw him start in rebuilds, but that's the... That is one of the hard things, I will say, is that there are 14 years of character development that happen off screen. Right. And what they do is they, if you watch all of the movies in a row, which I think is the intended way to watch this, Mm -hmm. you see the seeds of where they went in that time span. You see them get started and turned onto that track, but you don't see it actually happen. And I think that's okay, because that's not the point. The point is never the characters, but the feelings of the characters, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Kaji is that he is 
always so different. Yeah, he's so mm-hmm. different, but he's also like they've always set him up to be intentionally very murky. Like, what is his true motives? Who is he really working for? What is his ultimate goal actually? I, and they I spell don't think it that's out the here. Point that matters. That matters in the plot about space monsters, but it doesn't. It doesn't matter in the emotional truth of it, which is that Kaji wants people and things to to live, right? No matter who he's working for, what matters is that he's working against Sele, who wants the opposite. Yeah, Kaji is the guy who gets up to the top levels of the death cult, is horrified, and then begins doing everything he can to destroy it. It it just feels, when I'm watching this movie, like, I can, I can buy all that, but the way it ends up functioning in this movie is the, wow, Kaji did all this for us. He, he was like five, he, he like, I, I forget who said it, like, He's the Gendo of of Vil, and then like the the Gendo being the you know being him was already frustrating. The whole like he's ten steps ahead and he always knows what's happening and he's always in control and that's that. I, sometimes that can be very frustrating when you're like, but what are the fucking rules? In this case, it's kind of like the inverse of that, where I'm like, you know, everyone's like so reverent of this character that felt very ir- irreverent. <laughs> okay, counterpoint. Imagine if he was still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he explicitly isn't ten steps ahead. He, like everyone else in this timeline, got played by Gendo one on one, and that's, that's why he died. Yeah, and I think he got also, put yeah. in a no win situation, and he went, "I'm not giving up my pregnant wife and kid. I'm going out." Is is, is Kaji? That's really interesting because the implicate sorry the implication of the plot of that is that. Gendo didn't expect him to act that way because he had the read on Kaji that everyone else did. So him making that other choice is what knocked Gendo out of the game for a while. Whatever that choice may be, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause Gendo you can Gendo's not a kind of person that puts himself in a situation where he thinks he could realistically lose. I I just wish that the Kaji's sacrifice wasn't shown in three point three or sorry two point two two right like am I no he no and it wasn't he was it wasn't shown in, in the in between clip either yeah that frustrates me after the fact like I can you know what like I kind of wish that was in that movie because then it kind of closes the loop of like well how did this end because we see it right like that it it gets uh, interrupted but we don't see yeah. how it got in, got interrupted because apparently it was Kaji Kaji sacrificed himself cause that to mm-hmm. happen you do see him in an armband in the in the little thing and it's the same armband that they all have mm-hmm. right so he was around and they had plans for him to be there but i don't know i don't i don't know like i don't obviously they probably did not plan his death in the original version of this movie yeah I, that that makes that um, makes the most I, sense so to it's me, just really. it's just a and that's what I that's the thing I appreciate the most about this movie is here are all of the characters that don't matter and don't contribute to the emotional core of what we really think Ava is about. This is what happened to them. Now they're out of the way. So here's a comment that I'm just going to make because discussing this has made me realize here is a difference between Anno and Tamino, the Gundam guy. Oh, if, Tamino would have had a fucking three movies about Kaji. That's exactly it. If Tamino were doing Rebuild there would have been a fifth movie between two and three filling in all of this stuff that we're leaving out in the time skip and discussing his ambiguity. Yeah. It would have been worse for yeah. it, I'm sure. Oh, 
Uh huh. 100%. But just thinking about this made me. You're wrong for being frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, no, I get that. I I, I appreciate that. It's Mm -hmm. just that that is the right call for the movie to be successful, but it is frustrating. But here's why, how they try to ameliorate it. Anyway, yeah. Like, Kaji plays such a big role in in this movie in a way that's so weird that he's not here. And then he is here, and then I'm confused. But <laughs> uh, that that's a whole nother, whole nother thing for the next, like, in an hour. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We're going to move through the middle section, Operation Yamato, extremely quickly, to be honest. Yeah, sure. Yeah, once we yeah. get to the action, it's going to be pretty quick until the conversation. Yeah. But, uh, there are some cool robots. Watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, watch it. Uh, So to get back to Ray, you know, she ends up realizing that she's running out of running out of time because uh, reasons I presumably Gendo did something or maybe she was just she said said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not allowed. I I can only live inside nerve. Okay, so it's because she's a soul. She's not a person. No, 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 no. Her body can't hold itself together. Right. Fuyutsuki makes mention of this. They cloned number six wrong to set Shinji up for this moment because Fuyutsuki comments later on, did you deliberately give him the defective one so he'd feel the same pain you did? That's interesting because that means that, yeah, 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 because Gendo expects Shinji to be on his side when he says, don't you want to see your mom again? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's trying to push Shinji that way, but it has the opposite effect on him. Yep. And and part of the reason why it has the opposite effect on him, I I think the most important line to me anyway in this movie is when Shinji is still isolated. There's a a section when he's still not talking, but he's isolating himself by hanging out in the ruins of, I believe it's uh, like the second nerve um, base. Yeah, the branch he was at. Yeah. Shout outs. To the animation on the time lapse there, yeah, that's very incredible. good, incredible. Oh yeah, the the beautiful the lighting, yeah. Oh, the the lighting and the shadow and all of that being correct, amazing shit. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, but you know, Ray starts going out to interact with him and you know gives him food and that that's that's where he has that moment where he starts eating. But the the line that I think is the most important one for me is when he finally Shinji finally speaks. And says, why are you guys being so kind to me? And Ray says, it's because we like you. And, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. Like, for for someone who, like, deals with, like, depression personally, like, that is, like, a huge barrier. That, oh, like, it's let's be really real. hard to, like, <laughs> go through. All of us heard that line and immediately winced because we have had that exact same thought, right? Oh, yeah. Shout outs to Wellbutrid. <laughs> uh the unofficial sponsor of this podcast <laughs> yeah and and like that is the moment where you, like shinji does start to recover like at that point yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and then later yeah she um unfortunately ray realizes that she's out of time and uh she goes back to shinji and says you know, I was I, basically I, I'm really glad to have lived this life, even though I would have liked to keep doing these things, you know, hanging out with the baby. There's a there's a adorable chubby the one, baby. The one thing that bums me out here at the big because this is like the the big moment that pushes him in it. But is that yeah. mm-hmm. she backs up all the way to the wall 
and then when she has a new sentence to say, she suddenly forward and backs up again, and that bums me out a little bit. Like, the, the setup of the scene was not enough that she could continue backing up while speaking. They do really try to underline it in a way that's kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but what's fascinating is that before she, she pops into LCL, uh, her suit changes color to the original white uh, that she wore during Ray wears during the series, which I thought was mm-hmm. an interesting oh, touch. It's so good that they have Shinji's suit, by the way. Oh, shout outs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, this should be extremely traumatizing. It probably is still traumatizing. But oh, yeah. uh, Shinji, instead of like reverting back, he ends up basically taking this as like, okay, time for me to actually settle this. And from mm-hmm. from there on, he has resolve, which is, you know, a big, ch- a massive change compared to the Shinji of End of Ava. I appreciate also that he keeps the cassette player in his pocket, but you ne- he never uses it again, as in, this is a thing that has emotional mm, yeah. meaning to me, and it's important, but it's not a thing I need to rely on anymore. Yeah, it's not his mm-hmm. defense mechanism. It's like a totem to remind you of where you've been now. And they show it in shots. They specifically show it like in a heavy focus when he's talking well, about that. But, but also, this is a hand-me-down from his right, father. And it, oh, right? Yep. Oh, and it was in so the series, too. Beautiful. Right? Yeah, when you yeah. think about it, like so much about the story, I mean, parenting period, but also like the, the story of Gendo and Shinji is that like you're inheriting the 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 weight and the problems oh, of your the parents reveal that Ava's a sad dad story is amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it always was a sad more, dad story, except more. like this time. This Just, time, yeah. I mean, yeah. This time they actually make Gendo sad. <laughs> validating, validating the take that Gendo is the original wife guy. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. So we'll get there in a second. Uh, we should also probably mention just a couple other things about the village sequence. Uh. Misato had a kid named Ryoji Kaji yes, as well. Yes, yes. Uh, she can't. I think she fine. can't bring herself to be around him, so he just lives at the village. He may have never met his mother. They say he knows. They, he knows nothing about it. She she gendos him, but in the emotionally healthy way. It's yeah. It's I'm of two minds on it because on the one hand, yeah, you don't bring your baby onto a warship. This isn't the Enterprise. John Luke Picard was a shitty captain, but. Also, it is, it is straight up, yeah, the Gendo thing. Uh, I'm afraid to be around the memory of my dead loved one, and I'm going to just push them away. Well, I, I think... But it's not a push... The difference is it's not a push them away, right? It was never there to... They were never there to feel pushed. That's what I mean when I say it's a, the emotionally healthier version. Yeah, I, I think the kid just thinks he's an orphan, but... Yeah, and that's... I don't know if that's... Pe- people who are orphans... I, I mean, I don't know if that makes things better at the end of the day. Or maybe maybe somebody tell, like Ritsuko tells him about about his parents later on when he grows up, but... Right. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't, like, 100% down with, you know, Masada. Because, you know, motherhood being a huge part of this series... <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it seems kind of weird that she, uh, like, it makes logical sense that she, like you could see why that character made that choice, but I don't know if that was a choice you probably necessarily needed to do. Yeah, 
I don't think it's dwelled on. I think it's just... It is just not added to the movie. <laughs> He's really... I guess the whole thing is there so that they can have another perspective so Shinji can get perspective on why a parent might do this. That's mm-hmm. really what mm-hmm. it's there for. It's not there to be an aspect of Masato's character. Masato is just the only character we know that really had a love interest besides mm-hmm. Toji and Mitsuko? Toji and Hikari. <laughs> well, look, look, that's not, not, not in the, not in the rebuild, out. not in the rebuild, actually. That never no, comes I know, up in I know. the rebuild. Other than that scene like where the... he's trying to make Masato mad in the um, computer lab. Yeah, like the, the, the thing, or sorry, no, I, I was thinking with Gendo. No, that Remember? never happens either. In, that in never happens movie. either. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think the the one thing, going back to my, my fan service comment, the one thing that doesn't get any play uh, is Ritsuko and Maya. Right? You know, I think I, I think that's okay. That's a weirder fine. That's a weirder relationship in modern day when people think about work relationships differently. That's exactly That's it. That's true, yeah. I mean, even in the original series, it was one-sided. Maya had affection for her boss and clearly was, you know, dealing with her own feelings, might not have been out. Don't know if there was anything there with Ritsuko. <laughs> but I'm sure the second people saw Ritsuko's design in 3.33, they go... Hmm, maybe. Oh, I'm sure I made a joke of the similar caliber, but yeah, no. Yeah, I think I think you, the phrase you said was a uh, hot butch haircut. Yeah. To be fair, my mother had that exact same haircut at one point, and she's very gay. Okay. Uh, I think that's about it for the village sequence mm. I, I mean, more or less i mean Did we talk about so okay. much we have alluded to it a lot but for the record ray's head explodes as shinji goes to give her a hug yeah we talked about it we said she pops okay yeah she pops into lcl i i i undersold it but yeah no that's that's what ends up happening here and like she you makes see a shot of like the rest of her body pop <laughs> Oof. Oof. Uh, <laughs> and she gets lcl all over the place Including on the tape uh, player. Yep, yep, exactly. Oh, also, I just want to call it out because this was clearly some love by the animators. Let's talk about Asuka's Wonder Swan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. No, no, no. I'm going to be very quick. This is clearly a labor of love by some member of this team because it's a faithfully drawn Wonder Swan. But it has a virtual boy screen that's all red and black, monochrome. Yeah, it looks so bad. They're clearly playing Gunpei on it, which was a tribute to... Uh, Gunpei Yokoi. Gunpei Yokoi, the yeah. dead Nintendo designer who did the virtual boy as his final thing. And it has a Famicom cart plugged into the back of it, if you recognize the branding. So yeah. this is such a Frankenstein of otaku love that I cannot help but love it and want to give it that mm-hmm. shout out. Yeah, like, it's notable that she plays with this thing all the time to sort of occupy her time. Uh, And she's, like, maxed out the score on it. Like, she, you know, she's not playing it to, like, get a higher score or anything. And one thing I was thinking, because it's front and center in the scene where she's talking with Ray about, 
you know, your series was programmed to love the third child. I kind of wonder if this wasn't a control in the Shikinami series is just this obsessive, I have to have results, score driven. Well, of course I have to have the maximum score. That's the only way I can be valid. Well, yeah, we we already explicitly discussed that. Well, we did, but like, this is a way of her getting that validation away from the military structure of a nerve. That's true. It is, it is like a, it is a healthier outlet for that kind of thing. Yeah, it was just something yeah. I was thinking on. You know, she's grown, she's found other ways to get what she craves without just doing the self-destructive shit. Good catch. I did not even notice the score was max. Yeah, every time we see it, it is all mines. Yeah, it's uh, you have to pause it because it doesn't show it for very long. Uh, th- also, another thing, Asuka has her doll, and she does. there's one scene where she talks to the doll. Yeah. Which comes back in a huge way at the end of this. <laughs> the... I don't know how I feel about the revelation about that doll, but whatever. Yeah, well, let's talk about it when we get there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get there. All right. So, um, Shinji asks if he can board the Wunder when they show up to do the usual supply run and Asuka gets picked up. And Sakura POV, you're being pulled over for speeding. (laughs) Holy shit, Chris. (laughs) What? Sakura whipping out a gun on Shinji's <laughs> POV, you're being pulled over for speeding? No, I was talking about when Asuka just pulls out a taser and, like, from his first-person perspective, he gets tased instantly. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the fucking gunshot scene. No, I forgot later. about the taser. <laughs> so, yeah, we we wake up back on board the Wunder. Uh, Shinji's in a glass prison again. Sakura, not thrilled. And Asuka just goes... Look, this is your problem now. I am turning him over to you. Have fun. Also, oh. here's a photo from your brother. He had a kid. Yeah, and that makes her break down. And well, another good, they all know they're on like a suicide moment. mission, basically. Yeah. I I took this as she does not have the most contact with her brother, and just seeing all this change is what I. I think they know up. because if you look at how many people they offload and they don't take on any more staff and they explicitly mention we'll be okay without all the staff and they all basically know that this is the thing that they're they could Oh, it's explicit given the name of the operation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean also you have Sakura is what? She's 16, 20 uh, She had to be at least okay. 5. I would right? say 20. Yeah, she was born in the for- time before the 14 years. Okay, so it must have been like 19 or something. She would be um, 20 or so. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I wonder how long she's been on on the ship or whether or not she had a whole lot of contact with Toji in the... Well, I guess, yeah, when Toji says I protected my family, that would probably mean, yeah. mean uh, Sakura. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, she's yeah. probably... Because she has a junior title, right? She's only probably been there a couple right. of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she's clearly a higher up, but this also has, I said, big startup energy. If you told me this ship was crewed by like under thirty people when they get down to this final scene, I'd believe. You. I think they, I think yeah. that it is explicitly at that point, right? Because they only have yeah. five escape pods, each of which looks like it holds ten. They are less than fifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she seems to be trying to be the hero that Toji was in the original timeline, 
which he was frightened away from by the shit he did post near third impact. Yeah. It's it's interesting that she has become the cocksure Suzuhara. Well, she doesn't know any better, right? <laughs> this point. It's it's just sort of fascinating that way. Because yeah. Toji didn't do that in this timeline, so there's no one to give her that perspective. Yeah. And uh the last thing before we kick off Operation Yamato is the three remaining Ava pilots on the ship all having a conversation in Shinji's Magneto prison and settling grudges. They Okay, to be fair, they all have their own Magneto prison. Well, actually, two of them are together, I think. Yeah, two of them have a shared Magneto prison where one person pisses the other off by hoarding. <laughs> yeah, My uh, favorite thing is that she's like, I thought you were going to get rid of some books, which makes it clear that for a certain kind of person, when you get rid of a thing you have too much, it's really so you can get new other ones. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had I, I knew some people that saw that scene. Yeah, so the, the, the scene is... It's it's record people and physical book people is what yeah, who is being personally attacked right there. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. You mean both of the things I am? Same. Can <laughs> I have a physical object? MP3s are fine. We're we're not getting into this. We're not getting into this here. <laughs> yeah, I like records. They're nice. Anyway, yeah, the the, the scene um, that's getting uh, alluded to is Asuka goes back to her little yeah her little prison box with explosives on it like by the way it's completely covered in explosives apparently they added more yep. recently and she makes a point of saying uh, i guess they're trusting they're less trusting of us now uh and mari is there and she glomps on uh asuka while she continues to play her game and i've heard some people be like hmm like is something going on there and i'm like eh, probably not like mari is just very affectionate affectionate yeah which is weird considering that she's even older than everyone else. Right? You know, there's a lot we can unpack about her, and I don't know that there are any answers in this movie. Uh, there aren't. It's <laughs> really the re- thing. So we'll get to that in that final sequence. Yeah. I'll, I have some stuff. The, the answer is some pe- certain kinds of people just like to flirt with everyone, sure. and it's fine. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And the, the thing is, like, I heard some people go like, hmm, she's she's lost interest in Shinji, but she's really seems close to Mari. Mari just calls her like Hime all the time, which is, I think, princess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Princess. Uh, and they, they have a very working relationship. Yeah. yeah. Asuka doesn't show a lot of affection for her, really. <laughs> At least she does. If she does, it's in her own way, which is. You know. it, it's in a very gruff way. Asuka actually a thing we didn't think about when we were discussing her in the village asuka doesn't relate to any person very much for reasons we will find out maybe there is a mm-hmm. great reason she does not feel at peace with humanity yeah uh-huh anyhow yeah they they have a talk and shinji and asuka both say that you know i think i liked you once but they both realize that's not going to work uh Asuka begrudgingly says that maybe you have matured some, and Mari leaves this room content. She seems just, like, immensely pleased. She's like, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. <laughs> it, it's interesting, because she's clearly, she's not, like, romantically interested in Shinji, but is, like, interested in the kind of personal growth that he experienced already, which makes the ending feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we, we, 
we glossed over the the probably another big line, which is uh, that when Asuka and Mari are talking uh, about Shinji before that conversation happens, uh, Asuka says, oh, he doesn't need a lover. He needs a mother. And that comes mm-hmm. back in a big way. Yep. And I believe that is it before Operation Yamato kicks off. Okay, we can skip over the, a lot of this, other than he. Oh, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get the song. Gotta get the song mm. from when they drop the Avas. So good. The problem is you can't hear so much of it over the mix. Oh, there's a lot of really good music, and then there's a few songs that I'm kind of like eh about. Like what? Yeah, get the get the hand of fate out of here. No one gives a fuck. Interestingly enough, I think this score has the most divergence from the classic Ava soundtrack bits. They have it there, but they have good remixes of it. Well, it's very fresh, and I think part of what inspired that is that Shin Godzilla got called out for aping so much of it between 3 and 3.0 plus 1.0. Because it's literally literally reused one of the songs, yeah. And that's my point. I think that's why we went in a... Let's class this joint up. Well, I, I just thought it was Shin very... Godzilla is like one of the objectively best movies that has ever been made. Hmm. Well, that's a statement. <laughs> it's true. I love it. Big, big fan, big fan of kaiju, and that's an incredible kaiju movie. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I would definitely agree with that. I uh, don't like, know that I would go top ten of all time, but I would say it's an excellent film. I'll give you that. We, we have five hours discussing how much we like it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Five unlistenable hours. Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this on uh, the the free feed, uh, yeah, go check out our Shin Godzilla pitch drop dot cash. Yeah. Also, like I I forgot to point it out, but like music wise, like very funny that they played flamenco in Paris <laughs> in the Paris you know, scene. But you it's, know, it's, it's energetic. Fine. It's the it's the Euro branch. I'll accept it. But yeah, a lot of the music in here is really good, especially like the more acoustic tracks. I think in general, especially yeah. during the. Uh, the village scene, like, yeah. Just I'll try and splice in what it's I can, good, but right? I don't like, know that I'll find acceptable rips. They specifically go for, like, really, like, heartfelt personal-style music in the village, which is what it's about. Mm-hmm. Good exactly. scoring throughout. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they basically... The, the funny thing is they basically turn, like, Unit 2 into heavy arms, which I thought was very oh. funny. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> just so many missiles. It, no, it's just an or it's just what here's an armored core. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, and I, the, I think they might have reused some of the jet alone parts for hers. Yeah, and there's also a the, the double pizza cutter. Well, they have used part of the jet alone parts because if you notice, it's not a suit the Ava's in, right? Like it it is its actual arm and the body of O2 pulls off that part of its arm. Yeah. Like and and the lower half, like the lower torso. It is basically explicitly like big, bigger, clunkier, like jet alone parts. Yeah. Yeah. But they're um, like diving through this group of like, we gotta it's really hard stuff. to describe. There's just so start much shit going stuff. on here. We did not describe what we're actually doing. Operation okay. Yamato on paper is very easy. They're going to reach Nerve's floating pyramid, which is underneath the remnants of the black moon. Shout outs. How Nerve is just basically a, a symphony of the night because it's upside down now. So Nerve was just a symphony of the night castle the whole time. Very uh-huh. good. <laughs> Did you not notice that? It's just completely upside down now. It was in the last movie. 
I know that's so funny to me. Uh, I just like how you're talking about this like it's a whole new thing when you just really well, only thought of it. You don't really it notice it because it's it's not attached to a structure anymore like it was for most of three. Where it was True. on that spire, which I assume which was the elevator shaft down to um, Central Dogma. Mm-hmm. But here it's just free floating upside down, so it's extremely noticeable. And it has a halo when it's in motion. <laughs> That's so fucking good. <laughs> yep, and, and and there are more ships to go with it. Uh, I I love how this. Okay, the the bit <laughs> where they're gonna launch the battleship missiles. <laughs> there was a fourth ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yep, it's just so uh, fucking funny. Very good. Yeah. Uh, the the whole bit where there, there's a bit where they're like, okay, we're gonna like we're trying to get shoot these missiles into the the nerve HQ. And then they're not uh, missiles; the, it's kinetic bombings with entire warships. Uh huh. But also, oh. this is basically just Star Wars, like the battle for Yavin Four. <laughs> like I don't a, know what that is. a thousand. For, the the first movie, Death Star uh, run in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you're Whatever. waiting for like the planet to get out of the way so you can shoot your missiles, and the way like the missile, like the battleship missiles, end up like entering uh, the nerve compound looks oh. more or less exactly that... like the Death Star shot. Oh, but it, but the screen looks so good. It is so cool looking when you see that screen of like the firing solution. Very cool. Yeah. Final, okay. Look, it only took them twenty years, but they finally got a real fucking UI designer in there. Well, that's because everyone else died, and so they had to make them for humans. <laughs> when you wipe the rest of us out, you'll finally get a good design from scratch. My favorite thing is, uh, I just clapped when I saw that Ritzko's cell phone had a hamburger menu on it. I was like, finally, some normal UI elements that everyone understands. <laughs> Let's talk about the actual plot of Operation Yamato, which we didn't finish. Reach the, f- reach the floating pyramid, which is underneath the remnants of the Black Moon. Stab an anti-activation plug into Unit 13 to neutralize it, and which everyone lives happily ever after. Which is yes. a cross, because of course it is. At first, you're like, it's just a weird tube, and then it turns into a cross, and you're like, thank you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately... There is the part where Fiyutsuki has created hordes of abominations and bioweapons, and also there are three Wunder-class ships kicking around, and they're finished models instead of prototypes. And they uh, are, like, wrecking shop on uh, the Wunder as it's going in. Like, And also, good, good laser sounds again. Yeah. Sound guys deserve props on this one. Uh, I I have to say this is the thing I, I was I was complaining yesterday that I can't couldn't take a screenshot, and the reason why is I wanted to take the shot of the uh, the Vunder moving all of its AT fields to the wings, and then make that into the uh, survivor bias like plane <laughs> image. <laughs> uh, too bad. Somebody else has to do it now. There's also. The fact that that is straight up a Macross riff. Uh, the point defense shields on the original Super Dimensional Portress Macross, because they couldn't get the force fields up since it was all alien tech, they just made these three bubbles of shield that they would have pilots moving around with trackballs to defect against missiles and fire. Man, trackballs are so, so fucking yeah. cool. I love trackballs. Uh, there's a lot of good comedy in that series to start with, where they're like, 
trying to get the hang of this. You, you remember how at the start of Gundam, it's like no one on white base is an actual trained pilot, so everyone's fucking you know up. It's Infinite that Infinite respect for Amaro. Amaro, my favorite protagonist of all time, because he read the documentation that someone else took a long time to write. He it does just DM do a lot line. for that kid. <laughs> you know that's how this it is. This is a joke for... <laughs> This is a joke for two-thirds of the podcast hosts, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One day, Matt, when you're at your place uh, for five years, you'll write a complicated tool for other people to use, and you'll have to spend two days writing documentation for it, and no one will ever read it, and they'll always DM you asking how to use it. Yeah, I, I could believe that. I, I'm probably the guy who would DM You are that asshole. First, if you're not the guy writing the documentation, yeah, you're the asshole a- asking the guy who wrote the documentation instead of reading it. <laughs> Hey, I controlled F and like couldn't find what I was looking for. So because you read the dick. <laughs> Yo, who has the time for that shit? Oh. The... That other person's time is literally will... worth more than yours. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might not be true any <laughs> This uh... motherfucker. See, extremely bad. This podcast titled Fuck Bad. Yes. You should just, you should just call it just, that and then cut that part out so people wonder why. <laughs> Rodeo ride your goddamn Slack channel to hell, Matt. We use Teams now. Fuck. Um, it's even worse than Slack. So, Disagree. this is where everything goes very first act of end of Ava for a while. There's excellent action scenes. Uh, Asuka finally gets down to the pyramid with the plug and her unit two starts putting up an AT field. Okay. It is afraid of the 13. Well, I gotta say, shout out to the incredible sequence where the Avas are deployed. So really good, especially yes. the, like just the just the purple crosses that angels do when they die, incredible as just like a visual for how much is happening all the time now. Like when Mari threw the giant ball of the other guys, and there's just like this giant checkerboard made out of the crosses, or like when they're mm-hmm. doing the the uh, the the giant AT field palm through the giant spiral, incredible, great great way to mm-hmm. scale up the iconography you're already familiar with to really sell what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think we forgot to mention this is happening all at the same point that uh, Second Impact. We, we forgot to mention happened. it because like, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> yeah, no. it's it's the South Pole. Okay, that's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, everything is like yeah, we're we're succeeding. It's a suicide mission, but we're going to do it. And then two things go very First, wrong. There's a bunch of O one uh, arms stapled together with knives extremely funny yeah. <laughs> yeah those are basically like the the little bots from metal gear rising no, yeah. except they're like Guys shank from bots metal gear Solid 4. that's what they are they're exactly that oh Matt, Matt, Matt. yeah you gotta watch the part of metal gear solid 4 where you're going through paris and you're being followed by a bunch of these bots holding together on each other in a trench coat and a hat it's amazing i oh Oh, I've I've played four, but it was a long yeah, time if ago. If you look behind yourself in that Europe scene where you're going to the meeting, you can see a bunch of these hand robots in a trench coat. It's incredible. What? That's absurd <laughs> and hilarious. Yeah, that's very Ko- Kojima. 
I, I think it's, about that almost every probably day. One of I don't know why, but it is so funny to me. Yeah, but now now imagine that guy, but with knives. It is the best joke in the worst chapter of the oh, game. Yeah, that's true. That boss is awful, and then the motorcycle sequence is awful. Ugh. 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 Yeah, it's a lot of waiting around and nothing happens. The, that's a game like part of me wants to revisit and part of me realizes, no, no that was okay, terrible. It's what worth you, it, though. It, the ending is no. worth it. All, all you really want is you want to play the fist fight at the end. That's what you really want. You want from microwave hallway to the I end like the and to watch fight. the cutscene where Liquid goes bang, bang with his fingers and all the ships explode. That's really all you want. That is... Yeah, that is the best part of that whole chapter in game. Yeah, that whole chapter is redeemed by that, actually. Uh, I don't think I'll go that far. You have to play through everything prior. All right, so, yeah, two things go horrendously wrong. Uh, The O2 develops an AT field in fear of the 13, which means they can't stab it. And also the Unit 9 attaches itself to the Wunder and reverts the ship to nerve control, where now all four of these flying battleships are growing wings of light and performing an impact. The O9 is the thing from 3.0 that also did the gross goop. Yeah, it's the one that the Ray clone piloted in that one. Yeah. Um, this one is different, though. This one's not explicitly modeled after, like, Zero. Uh, I think it's the same unit, though. Yeah, It's yeah. just different colored. Well, diff- different face also is what I mean. Like, it doesn't have the single eye. It has, like, the Lilith mask face. Well, they did shoot it. No, I, I remember they say, blew the head off it. I'm just saying. It was very funny they put, like, human si- like Ava-sized human skulls on those other Avas, by the way. Oh, yeah. We we didn't mention the skull robots. The those sc- the skull bots. That's awesome. And they did the little, like, the little teeth. So good. Very funny. Yeah. The sequence is incredibly metal. Yeah, it definitely is. So, uh, Asuka decides that she is going to override the O2 and she rips her eye patch off, which we discover is holding an anti-L plug inside her ruined eyeball. And that allows her to become the ninth angel, merge with the O2, and perform a giant of light maneuver. Where the unit 13 activates and bites her fucking heart out. Yeah, so awesome that she is actually permanently infected when they quarantined her and they couldn't find anything wrong. Turned out to mm-hmm. be a good move. Mm-hmm. Which yep. also means that they found this out a while ago. So, cool story that happens off screen is what happens around there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. But it is weird that they seem to have forgotten that Kawaru ejected then Shinji, so there should be no entry plugs with a soul in it in there. So it shouldn't actually be active. No, they they mention that. They're like, this should not be happening when it comes alive. Well, when Asuka says it, she says, oh, it was a double plug system because she knew Shinji left. But Kowaru left first that the movie seems to have forgotten about. Well, uh, Kowaru blew up first is what happened. No, but sure. But even his plug is gone, right? So there's not a plug that had a soul in there for it to be active. Got it. Well, I I thought the the implication later on is that the original Ray is in there right no, now. No, that's O one. No, she she's in and the that's one. That's incredible because that's just huge but, but, validation but, on Shinji that he actually succeeded. Yeah, but also also I thought that Unit thirteen oh right, because O one is part of the Wunder right, right. now. Yep. Still. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, 
<laughs> I I definitely uh, for, for one thing this this whole sequence looks sick as hell. It does. Uh, like with yeah. all the, <laughs> I mean it, it is kind of oh. like RGB gamer color hell, but, but like it oh, looks really oh, cool. The part the part where fucking where uh, Mari lands on Asuka to shoot some dudes that are in between her and Asuka, she couldn't get a clean shot on, and then jumps back off. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the point where uh, I want to put like the "It's Always Sunny" title card with Asuka gets owned wow, again. There are some cool robots, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the thirteen bites the heart out of the new ninth angel, and it's the same thing Unit One did with Zero Well. Now it has angel bits, mm-hmm. and uh, well, oh, and this is where we see the uh, original Shikanami. Well, the original Asuka. Okay. There's a difference. Shikinami is the series of Yeah, this is the original Asuka. So, like, the the original... So, we've never seen the original before. Not in the rebuild. Not in this timeline. Right. Right. Because, like, she was introduced as Langley Shikinami. Shikinami Asuka. Yeah. The interesting thing is this entire time we realize, oh, by the way, we've been hanging out. The character you've been calling, like, we've known from the name that it's a little different, but like this is actually a completely different character from the one that great we've seen change before, for to, to get to the emotional truth of the movie. But also, yeah. it cuts out the whole subplot with her and her mom committing suicide. Who cares? Because she got right. Because that part isn't. I'm not saying that's bad. I think that's a good that, thing. Because I don't know that, if that is adds much because. Here. Because the show does that, but never really dwells on it long enough, that comes off as it's okay to be a shitty person if you had something bad go on with you before. And it is stronger for not having that because it doesn't can't Mm -hmm. send that message. Right. Well, the thing that I don't quite understand, actually, you know what, Uh, Sybil, you go first. uh, So what we learn a little later is in this timeline, Clearly, the dissolution of the Soryu family went down differently. Her mom very obviously died. We only see her father raising her, but it's not the same distant, I remarried, everything's, you know, I'm done with these people. He's very happy. He's playing around with a young Asuka. Very joyous. He's, you know, inside a big mascot suit that is where she got the obsession with that doll from. He seems to be trying to be a good single parent and not letting, you know, nerve or whatever his day job was ruin things. So is this... It's a wildly different take. Is this original Asuka or is this one, the clone Asuka that we have been hanging out with in this flashback? I don't know if that's clear. Yeah, because here's the other thing that doesn't make a... Right, because the idea then is that at some point, the original Asuka got absorbed into an Ava, right? Like that must. She been... might be the soul instead of her mother in this. Yeah. Okay. Because also the weird thing is when the soul comes up, like there's like, you know, giggling girl noises, and she's got a smirk, and you know she's kind of like, I don't want to say negging, but like she's like, you know, say, oh, you're trying to resist, like yeah, good luck, you know, good luck or whatever, and then she gets uh, the the Asuka we know gets turned into LCL. Well. And, or something. Uh, it's the difference between if Ray is what starts instrumentality, it's a very calm, accepting thing. If Asuka is the instrument of instrumentality, it's like, pff, resist harder, bitch, pop. Yeah, I just, I don't, since we actually don't know anything about that particular character, this feels kind of 
tonally off to me a little bit, but you know, like whatever. I think it's, it's a big deal. So at this point, we are in full EOE mirror territory. Gendo drops onto the deck of the hijacked Wunder to uh, gloat. Okay. He hover drops like a person who can fly, which is important for what happens next. Yes. All right. <laughs> Let, like he, Superman. He lands landing, on the deck is. of the Wunder. And Ritsuko, without missing a beat, just fucking blasts him in the head with a pistol. <laughs> but at but uh, Gendo Ikari is just Cyclops now between the visor for two films, which has been holding the eyes that are a hole to another reality under them, and uh, literal optic blasts he shoots out during this sequence. Yeah, I don't so, know if I care about this at all. Like, what? what why does this matter? <laughs> why is he... It doesn't. It, like it looks cool, like the whole like he's got a hole in his face, and like it when kinda, they show him the okay, profile, it matters for the metaphysics, sure of it, yeah. right? Because he has what I can't remember which is which, but they between him and Asuka, they have both progenitors, Adam and Lilith, so that's why yep. he can do the second additional impact right after. Oh, so what so we're seeing is... is fourth and fifth impact in a row. Oh right, and this is the thi- this is probably the that's thing that Kaji matters. Kaji delivered. Yeah, this, that's what to... the key of Nebuchadnezzar is. It's the little. It's the it's the the proto. It's like the little right. fetus that Adam reverted to right. after second impact. So that's yep. the only yeah. reason why this matters is that they can do two different impacts in a row, mm-hmm. one inside of another. Anyway, that's yeah. He is a different kind of superhuman this time out. It's not just a weird hand. He's got it god is, powers. It is cool that he has laser blasts. Oh yeah, the the optic blast really surprised me because oh, there's just a hole in the man is one thing, but oh, I didn't see that coming is another. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking great shit. Yep, and Veal has failed as he just hops into the unit thirteen and rides it down into the hole to the imaginary dimension. So, at this point. Everyone is atop the Wunder, and they're just like, well, this fucking sucks. We mm-hmm. all lost. Oh, and Shinji oh. goes... thing we didn't mention that is important is that the um, so the uh, the other ships that aren't the Wunder make some spears, and that is necessary for the, to know for the plot later. No, the Black Moon is going to become two spears after they're both in the hole. Sure, but they have additional spears... From the ships, which is why he could spear himself to start third, and then use the other spears from the moon for final. All right. Either way, but it's only really you only have to know it because the wounder is going to do it later. Mm-hmm. Also, the the goo released Shinji somehow. <laughs> the goo. Well, yeah, all the all the systems were overridden, and so yeah. all the locks are open. Yeah, yeah. So when Shinji shows access. up here, we're not surprised. <laughs> yep. I didn't even think about that, but I am surprised now. In retrospect. <laughs> Uh, he just walks onto the roof and is like, well, we got one Ava and one Ava pilot you know, with Mari in combat. So he's like, yeah, I could try something. And half of the staff of Ville immediately draw guns on him. <laughs> Interestingly, it's only the two people. It's only two people. And they were the, it was the people who were not around in Nerve with Masato to learn to trust her judgment. It's pink hair and Sakura. Because most of the bridge crew is just like, uh, I don't know about this. 
these two draw down on Shinji ASAP. Yeah, they're not sure, but they're giving her the benefit of the doubt because they either trusted her from being at Nerve or mm. trusted her because Kaji trusted her and they were with him. Yeah, and that, that yes. makes sense because we, we skipped over the whole, like, tying banners to your arm thing. Like, I think we, it got right. touched on lightly. And, like, one of the guys says, yeah, this is for all of our lost comrades from when we rose up against Nerve. And, uh, yeah, they it, did a UN against Nerve also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kaji yeah. was the Gendo of Vil, led a rebellion, and mm-hmm. split them off. Yeah, and, like, the, the pink hair girl, go, you know, definitely makes the point of saying, why is everyone being so kind to Shinji? He basically killed my family. And every and the, the rest of the crew is like... Yeah, but you would be dead too, homie. Yeah, everyone would be dead. Yeah. Like, he, he saved some of us. It is Misato who points this out after she takes a bullet for the kid. That... Shinji did cause a lot of chaos, but he also straight up stopped the apocalypse in that process, gave us all longer time, gave us chances to fix things, led to us being here, and I'm the one who egged him on at near third impact. This is all on me, and I'm going to shoulder the burden of what this boy does right now. This is the wrap-up we mentioned from how she's very cold and, you know, 3.3. She admits, I am the one who has some blame for this as well, and I'm not putting it all on this kid. Yeah. I'll be your sacrifice if that's what it takes. Yeah. And and this escalates from earlier where, when Shinji first came on the ship, there's a conversation between Ritsuko and Misato, where Ritsuko's just basically seeing right through Misato's sort of cold facade, where he's like, yo, you're actually happy that Shinji's here. And she's yeah. just being a hard ass on uh, Misato. And Misato's like, hey, you never pull your punches, huh? And so, yeah, this is, you know, once again, another end of Ava Mirror. She's been shot. She gives him the kiss and goes, go do it, kid. But this time she lives and, and this, for a few minutes. And, and this time she is motherly and not coming on to him. Yep. Hooray. And so... Shinji enters the Unit 01, which has still been sitting in the core of the Wunder, and we see the original Ray's soul. I love this long-haired Ray design. I think it's nice. It, it's different. It doesn't last very long. <laughs> it doesn't last very long, but it's incredibly... You can tell this soul got to have its own experience. It implies a lot. Yeah. And she says, I, I wanted to keep you from having to pilot an Ava. So... In this implication, Ray has been fueling the O-1 as the engine this entire time. Just to, either way, this is the original Ray who has been missing for a while, and we, we get the closure on that. The part, oh, that's the best part. Best part of 2.0 is how hype it is when Masato yells at him to do it for himself to make himself happy. It's so yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. I, I love wrapping that whole cycle up in this event. It's great. We we take care of everything but the Shinji and Gendo relationship before he does the dive. Mm-hmm. And we discover that I guarantee this is going to get a giant sigh out of Chris. <laughs> Clearly the reason he read as having zero sync rate with it is because he was actually the closest you could be to zero infinite that's actually very funny to me it's so yes it wouldn't be funny 
if the screen didn't actually show a million nines and then switch to a giant infinity symbol. That's what makes it so funny. Yeah, it's yes. Isn't that not how math works? No. Uh, I, I definitely groaned at that too. It's like, why do we even? Why are we even talking about sync rates right now? We got to turn it around. They have. They have to. Do, that's that's basically a retcon, because the reason Shinji could work with thirteen is that thirteen doesn't require him to sync because it doesn't have a soul, which is why it doesn't have an AT field. So mm-hmm. in the canon where Shinji has zero sync rate, thirteen is the only type of Ava he can pilot. But now it's a good retcon to explain why he can also pilot one. So and that makes the whole, like, don't pilot a uh, Ava Shinji thing. Uh, very, a very different thing. Cause it's like, they know the only one they he could pilot would be the one they don't want. Right. So this is mostly a comment for Chris. What the fuck is in the water in Japan that two different auteurs both turn to an imaginary reality being the crux of their stories between this and kingdom hearts in one year. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, it's also, just Kingdom a weird Hearts, coincidence. Kingdom Hearts, it's not... I guess it is. Kingdom Hearts, they're... Well, they're, here's the thing. They're not really imaginary. They're imaginary like imaginary numbers are imaginary. They're not imaginary in the I'm drawing a th- monster I thought of with crayons imagination. But they are both kind of referring to imaginary as in numbers and imaginary as in fictional. Correct. So, what... That, that's why I like it, right? It's a good double meaning. Because, like, the imaginary Ava is an imaginary number, and the imaginary realm is, like, the reverse, quant- the reverse quantum particle to our world. But mm-hmm. it is also imaginary in, a, in that a thing that humans can't really perceive. It's imaginary in that it's, like, created by the gods, which are real in Evangelion. Shoutouts. But we also learned (laughs) that only humans could use the imaginary Ava at the center of this anti-universe because the angels don't have a creative spark. So this is just a toy for us. And that's so good, right? Like Mm -hmm. the defining feature of humanity, like being both grounded in fantasy and reality and... Ava starting as an escapist fantasy and now coming to be try to be about an emotional truth that is real. And like how they can only resolve everything by reconciling both parts of that, which is what this movie does. All I'm saying is that Ramiel, the Boy, geometric angel with the drill, out. <laughs> is explicitly a character now in Kingdom Hearts as of the last game when the talking cube shows up and goes I'm fictional, let's go to my world. Is that a talking cube? I told you, yeah, there's a literal 3D cube that is from the fictional universe. I have not, did not not play more than the demo of Theatrhythm and don't know anything about the phone game. Gonna have a real hard time when the next game comes out. Yeah, uh, Riku teams up with a fucking cube and goes to a fictional world, and that's Hell where that yeah. game ends. Let's go. <laughs> it's so, this is what I mean. Like two different dudes who, as far as I know, have no overlap between their projects. Just both came up with the same weird flex in the space of a year. That rules. For the record, when I, I threw my hands up in the air and spun my chair around a complete three hundred and sixty when I yelled that. Oh, I don't know if you can't. <laughs> 
see it, but I'm just doing fucking sweeping ass tokusatsu hand gestures Hell summing yeah. this up. <laughs> yeah. Time to get more <laughs> into Kingdom Hearts. Matt is sitting in the corner being like, what the fuck? No, I mean, I've, I've watched enough Kingdom Hearts lore videos that, like, this doesn't surprise me, but also I don't really I hate care. it when Mommy and Daddy talk about yeah. Kingdom Hearts lore. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get, as Shinji enters the imaginary realm, Body horror, uncanny valley giant Ray comes out and starts another oh, impact oh, in the okay, real world. Okay, it's gross. okay. Podcast title: Rayman, but spelled R A Y because she doesn't have any arms. Her hands are just disconnected. That's what I thought of immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah, but this this giant Ray is like I think the dumbest looking thing in this entire it looks movie. It looks like shit. I understand yeah. this is the part you're going to say is uncanny valley, and it can be uncanny valley. But it doesn't evoke that response for me, and I just think this looks artistically bad. Okay, here's the thing. I think they leaned in on making it look so divergent from all the rest of the art style. And it makes my asshole clench to look at it every time. And I think that's intentional. I just wish... I know it would be jarring to have the hand-animated style in some of the fights, in the CG, in other fights. But I don't know, man. It It's really hard for me. I understand yeah, I, it. I just don't think any CG... I have never liked CG in anime. Mm-hmm. Unless unless your entire anime is CG. Like the Knights of Sidonia. I, it was weird at first, but I got used to that, and that was neat. So the, the thing with the giant ray head, the first th- thing I thought about when I saw that was uh, the show Reboot. Uh, the like the Canadian like CG cartoon from like the mid two thousands. Sorry, I don't make it a habit to watch shows for children, Matt. I don't know how I watched any of this, but like I definitely have seen you. You might have seen images of it, but it, it looks like that level of like incongruent <laughs> with reality. And the thing oh, is, yeah. it's on top of other sections that look like hand drawn, so it it stands out in some scenes where I go. Even the rest of the Ray body doesn't look like this which is why it feels bad to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during this part, we cut back to what the Mari is doing. Shoutouts to the vaporwave aesthetics later of all of the purified <laughs> human souls. Extremely uh-huh. vaporwave. Yeah, Dig into it, actually. Much. Yeah. And, and since this is mirror EOE, yeah, the crosses <laughs> are going out, but they're a whole different color now. It's, it's actually like watching a Vectrex video is what it's like. Oh, I could see that. We forgot to we forgot to mention when Ray pops into LCL, there is a little cross for a second. Yeah. Oh, that made me oh, so right. sad. Fuck, uh-huh. man. Yes. That was the part that made it sad. Yes. Instead you're right. We did not mention the like, tiny cross that comes out. Yeah. Oh, because oh, you're like, oh, no, she, she, she was developing a little baby soul now. It was happening yep. for her. Mm-hmm. And that made, that, that's uh, what made it so heartbreaking. Instead of just really shocking, which is what it could have been otherwise. So, Unit 8 overlaps the successive series Ava's 9, 10, 11, and 12 onto her own so she can go into imaginary space safely. Uh, This is an explicit Ultraman reference, the first of many. The six Ultra Brothers can combine their forms in a similar fashion. Shoutouts to how the Golgotha object wasn't near the Golgotha base. Yep. (laughs) 
Uh, you can't just say that. Fuck off. <laughs> it, I mean, it's true. Yeah, well. Man thought of some shit and uh, Dr. Katsuragi. My man read the Bible, but uh, didn't. But was not a Christian and did not get the other the other symbolism you could have used with it. Eh. Like it, like if Second Impact had happened at Golgotha Base, would have been very fitting. Mari dives down into the imaginary, but inside, the O One and the Thirteen are having a combat with each other. But since this is a realm that is imaginary, their memories are shaping it around them. And so we get the two of them not fighting as Evangelions, but as two tokusatsu suit actors in sets that resemble various fights oh. from the series. Oh, this, 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 oh this, this, is where I, this is where Chris comes back to the movie and marks the fuck out. It, oh, okay. Because, yeah. oh, the part where they go up the elevator to the beginning to start the fight, mm-hmm. just like the first episode. Uh-huh. Oh, so. Oh it. man! Love like the, the thing about that, especially the first scene, like because they, they'll they'll start like clashing in other scenes, but the first one, yeah, is that very first first fight setting, and yeah, it it got me real good because at first you start seeing the building slide around and get thrown around away. It's like that doesn't look like a real building, and you realize it's a tokusatsu and then it hits set. The wall like the Truman yes. Show. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, dude! Yeah, dude! Yeah, let's go. There's a matte painting in the background. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, to me, this has three different levels of, like, meta going on here. For one thing, this setting is artificial for the characters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's artificial for us. It's artificial for us, because, but it's, like, artificial in, like, the wrong way, because we're watching an animated film that's being made to look like a live-action film. Like, like a live-action yep. setting. But also being made to look like another thing, which, until near the very end they don't explicitly say that this has been a loop mm-hmm. so for you at this point it could still be non-canon if you didn't watch all the other ones right. the 01 could this could be a different timeline yeah. so it's also artificial for you the viewer in that way right and then also it's like self-referencing the show itself like the broader show as well right. so like that's what i mean it's yeah. referencing the non-canon part of itself yeah. well, in a metal yeah way. so it here's it's fantastic <laughs> here's the other thing as this fight goes on, it starts with battle scenes. It's Tokyo 3 at night from the first episode. It's the battle over Tokyo with Ramiel, the geometric mm-hmm. angel. Then it oh, goes... Wait, 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 wait. Important thing here. Mm-hmm. Shinji lands. So in the beginning of 1.0, mm-hmm. there's this chalk outline of a dead body on a hill that you have no idea why it's there. And that's where Shinji lands in this fight scene. Yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. But there's a shift because the two of them are fighting at a standstill. They're legitimately mirroring each other blow for blow. Nobody is getting a hit. Also, Shinji is the aggressor every time. Yes. Because Gendo already knows that this is not the point. And Shinji hasn't figured that out. Shinji's figured his own shit out, but hasn't gotten his relationship with Gendo yet. So for him, this is a fight. And for Gendo, this is a conversation. And Shinji just needs to be ready for it. But as he works up to that, the battlefields change. It goes from those outdoor bits to the middle ground is the apartment 
where they flip the table where he was choking out Asuka and End of Ava. Mm-hmm. And this is where we first see a wall knocked over on the set. Uh-huh. Then it goes to the school. And then it goes to an empty warehouse, which is clearly just oh, a staging. before that. Okay. It, no, it's not just an empty warehouse. It's the stage from 25 and 26, yeah, yeah. which says that both that and End of Ava are real. Mm-hmm. That they both happen. Mm-hmm. It's the stage from 25 and 26. Yeah. Well, that's and that's a shooting like. environment. Yeah. Yes. Extremely in. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm only clarifying because there is also a warehouse later. Okay. Yes. An actual warehouse, mm-hmm. right? And then this is where it turns into just the two of them across. Is it? It's somewhere outdoors for a second. I can't remember which one. I didn't take that down. Well, I don't know where it is, but in the foreground yeah. is the playground from End of Ava. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, where he was making the sand nerve? Oh, yeah. That's what's there. The sand nerve is even there. And Shinji walks up to his father, who has an AT field, keeping him at arm's length. And Shinji just reaches through with the music player, which is what breaks that barrier. So, first of all, a thing we missed is that Gendo says that 01 and 13 are basically symmetrical. Mm-hmm. but 13 represents despair for humanity, which it does mm-hmm. because Gendo basically wants to, the plan that Gendo is going to do that we, we talked, we skipped in the metaphysical part that we should only talk about is that everyone turns into pure human souls, which is headless mannequins, which I said, looks like a vaporwave video. Mm-hmm. That's their purified souls. And then they all get washed up and sucked into Ava infinities. So humanity will live forever each soul and all all of Earth will live forever, each soul inside an Ava, but be mindless and supplicate to the gods. So for Gendo, that's his plan. Fair for humanity, and Shinji and Wily represent represent the hope. And the O are a mirror as a result. And that's cool. Yeah. Well, and the, the way he phrases that is, I, I'm going to slay the gods and basically replace them and then have humanity replace angels. Uh, so the the dumbest line of the movie for me is when Ritsuko goes, oh, that must be Ava Imaginary. I didn't think it really existed. <laughs> I do like that Gendo is talking all the time about how this was a theory Dr. Katsuragi oh, yeah, had. Where he implicates Misato's father. Misato knows, but this is the first time we find out that in this timeline, he is responsible for giving Gendo the idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just love the phrase of this thing called imaginary was something I couldn't imagine. It's just very funny to me. Oh. And, All right. Oh, and the part, where my, uh, the part where Sakura represents the dumb guy in the audience that says, oh, he's both our savior and destroyer. This is too messed up. Yes. Very funny to me. Okay. So this is Shinji and Gendo breaking through and having a conversation as adults and it is the the reason the the, sorry the reason it breaks through the the tape player breaks through is that's the first time gendo can connect to shinji because he realizes that shinji kept this a but Mm -hmm. that he used it in the same way and we have this connection and i can relate to him yeah now i don't have to be afraid let's try to understand Mm -hmm. incredible Mm -hmm. yep and the groovy bongo music is back and Oh. oh And oh, this old trade. And the part where Ghetto becomes the kid on the on the introspection express. Oh. Okay, let's start. Let's start from the beginning. 
<laughs> what we have here I'm just very is very excited. It's basically three lines in End of Ava where a wounded Gendo in instrumentality goes, it turns out I hated Shinji because we were so alike. It's the hedgehog's dilemma. And Yui rejects him and kills him for it in instrumentality. Mm -hmm. This is that discussion, except instead of just being, well, I guess I was a shit to my son because I'm like my son. We see what gendo grew up as what mistakes he made why he shut himself off and this is like a real mature this part though, right that the that the, the the difference yeah, exactly. in understanding like parenting dynamics happens like did ano have a kid not that i know of. okay which makes that more surprising right so there is a series that i mentioned earlier in the notes let's talk about this neon genesis evangelion angelic days uh it was originally girlfriend of steel second in japan that's oh. <laughs> the u.s name for it this series is basically it takes place in the happier world from episode 26 where they're all just in school everyone's parents are alive etc and it's one of two show, two manga spinoffs that does this. One of them goes full wacky comedy with it. This one does it as a shoujo manga. And the first four volumes are the kids being dragged into, all right, the, the angels happen, but you don't really see them. It's just like, nerve exists, the kids are still the children. But we look at all of their connections... Asuka and Shinji grew up together. They're childhood friends. Rei is an actual person. She's like a nephew of one of the doctors, etc. Uh, there's all of this stuff. And halfway through, we go for a volume in flashback to Gendo and Yui meeting up. And we discover that Kaoru, who has been there the whole time trying to help Shinji grow, is the literal angel in this, because he pushed Koru, or Gendo and Yui together. He also kind of pushes Shinji towards Asuka, and he just fades out after he's done his job. He's like the angelic wingman for the Akari men. But then the final volume cuts ahead in time. They're all grown up. The angel problem is solved. And what do all these people do after that's not their whole life? So, like, Ray goes off with, I think it's not Misato, um, Ritsuko, and they're just working at an Antarctic base. They're just researchers now in the aftermath of the angels. And Toji and Hikari have a life together. A lot of the stuff in that series feels like it was adapted back into Ava proper with this movie. What happens when these kids grow up? when they don't have to be just pilots? What did their relationships become? It's wild to me that I never thought that would be a thing that I would see acknowledged by Anno and played with in this space. Right, because it feels like fan service, <laughs> you know, in its own way. It's it's so different from yeah. anything else. Well, yeah. But it's not it's the like, traditional fan service. Well, yeah, it's like... It does also, it's like a significant change in Ano's relationship with his fandom, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting. 
Like this movie shows a lot of growth for Anno also as like a person and a writer. And the reason I mention it so specifically is that Mari is the Kaworu of that scenario. Mm-hmm. Mari was yeah. there yeah. in Gendo's younger days. She pushed him towards both Fuyutsuki and Yui. She helped push things along and try to make him grow. But when he lost Yui, he shut himself off. He was worried about, I don't want to go back out there. I don't know that I can do this again. And he shut himself off from his son because there was a pain in realizing all I see when I look at you is the wife I lost. It's not, I still have you. It's, you remind me of pain. It's a gorgeous sequence and it humanizes Gendo in a way that I don't think any non-comedy media ever has in this franchise. And and to be honest, when I first saw it, I didn't like it. Right? Because, like, we're at the, you know, at this point, we're two plus hours into this movie and Mm -hmm. we're going to dump this all here now. Like, we're going to spend, like, ten minutes on Gendo? Like, really? So, I mean, on, on retrospect, like, watching it again, like, it makes a lot of sense. I just, it feels given how, like, much of a you know, just impenetrable wall the character had been even in the original series, even through End of Ava, like having actually seeing his more of his interiority was kind of like kind of put me off balance at first. Mm hmm. And Chris mentioned it already, but you see Shinji is staying grown through the sequence and we're just seeing Gendo regress into the little child form on the train car as they're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shinji is the mentor now. Instead of mm-hmm. an angel yeah. mentoring Shinji, right? Like, yeah. Well, he's Shinji he's... has shed the need <laughs> to an entity to tell him how to live, and he knows it. But now it's his turn to, like, like Misato said, pat his father on the shoulder. Versus killing him, which is a line we didn't talk about. Right. But also, I was like, where did that come from? And it came from, that's what this is. This is him supporting his yeah, father. Exactly. Which is like yeah. how you know yeah. you become an adult when you need, your parents need your help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through all this and the real world, Ritsuko and Misato have realized they're going to need another spear to get this whole thing moving. So they convert... I love... Misato telling Ritsuko, well, you know, Nerve did it, and you've got, like, part of those plans here. You could you could reverse engineer this, right? And she just looks at the specs and goes, maybe. It's got to be really hard. She's, she's <laughs> like, there's only data from the one time, and she's like, come on, that's enough for you. Like, classic stroke of the engineer's ego shit right there. Love it. <laughs> it yeah, and she and Maya get to work on that. So they convert the big Ava spine on the Wunder in a way that it is going to become a spear. Mm-hmm. Mari takes her overlapped unit and Rodeo rides it down into the hole. And Misato pilots the ship, sacrificing herself to break through the AT field that will allow it to cross the universes. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the part Everyone this else is first ejected. and only time you see classic Misato, by the way. Yeah, she takes it, her hair down. Big moment. Big, big mark oh, out yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. Because yeah. she start, she was originally wearing all the glasses, then she got shot, and the glasses fell off, and the facade comes down, and you see her express humanity. And then when when mm-hmm. it's finally her time to shine and do what Kaji did and sacrifice herself for the world because she truly believes in Wily's mission, it's like, old Misato's here, break it, break it out. I'm just the person that I always was, and I don't need to hide it anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so much better than what they did with her in End of Ava. Like, just so much better. Yeah. I, like I say, I think a lot of what takes this mirror, what makes flipping all this happen, is that Ano, before they started conceptualizing Rebuild, got himself into a better place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a movie made by someone who is happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it might not be a 100% I'm all optimism and cheer all the time. I don't think he will ever be that, but I think that's why it works. The thing that really like breaks through here with Gendo is that he, um, when he has the conversation, who, who was it that he talked to? Was it Ray? Oh, no, 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 no. When Masato, when Masato dies and mm-hmm. the, um, he thanks Masato and he sees like the little spear kind of in his hand. And Gendo goes, Shinji you've been able to you said Gendo. Yeah, uh, you've been able like you can accept loss and move forward. You've really become an adult, you know, like another like really big line there, because that yeah. was something Gendo never did. And the difference is that uh, Gendo turned the Black Moon into two spears, which were, I think, hope and despair, blah, blah, blah. Longinus Misato and, has and Cassius. Yes. Yeah. Gaius, the spear of will. Oh. Gaius is the new spear. Will. Will <laughs> is a big Gaius. thing. You need that to move forward. So Shinji now has the control of the unit imaginary, and he's got a spear to start another impact and just close this whole book. And he says the solution is a world without Evangelion. And he talks this over with Ray in the moment, who is still there in the unit 01. They're going to make a new world, one without Ava, and that's how everything will move forward. He's getting ready to stab the spear into himself, and he gets shoved out of the robot. And it's his mother inside the machine, taking the control for herself, and Gendo shows up. Does this happen before or after he goes... Uh, to save Ray and Asuka and, and everybody else. I think this happens, happens before because he okay. starts doing it while everything is collapsing. Oh, so I, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's about to shove the spear into himself and Yui takes it, shoves him forward. Gendo also appears in this from the 13 behind 01. And he's just getting pushed back towards reality and they shank themselves in the heart. And we just see this sequence over and over into the next model, into the next model, into the next model. And, and he, he specifically says that uh, this is the uh, the slaying of the god that um, Gendo wanted. He wanted to see Yui go. It, it kind of, okay, so Gendo gets what he wants, but should, Gen, should Gendo get kind, what he wants? Well, no, he, it's not what he originally wanted. No. What he originally wanted is he wanted Yui back. But then through talking with Shinji... And understanding Shinji, he came to understand himself more and wanted something different. Okay. Because he still could have stopped Shinji, right? Yeah. Yeah. And instead, this is now, you're right, this is the best thing for everyone. Gotcha. And what we get here is, we talked about, 
if Asuka is the face of instrumentality, if Rei is the face of instrumentality. This is Shinji as the face of instrumentality, and he's going to the whole cast and just... It's conversations about what a way forward looks like for them. You you don't have my journey, but maybe this is what you do next. Did I miss the hug, by the way? Uh, we we, it we comes mentioned it, but we didn't talk about it. Okay, I didn't. I couldn't. No, I just. I mean, did we miss it so far in the movie? No, we, uh, we did say we there was it. there was a hug, and the hug was important, but we didn't okay. describe the hug. That's the best part of the movie. It, and this is important because of how it frame how they use it to frame Gendo admitting that he's been wrong the whole time mm-hmm. is we go back to him leaving Shinji on the platform when he would get on the train and instead he's Shinji's between him and the train keeping him from leaving now because yeah. they connect to each other and they understand each other and Gendo kneels down and gives him a hug and says I'm sorry big huge moment yeah. yeah, huge moment for the show. Like, really, that's what the show's about. Is that moment? Is the show is over? <laughs> and then what happens is the perspective switches, and you see Gendo outside the train as the train takes off. Mm-hmm. As Gendo says, Shinji, you're in charge of instrumentality now. Right, I didn't. And that's that. the visual metaphor. That's the visual metaphor for who's in charge switching over, and it's mm-hmm. really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like direction. And Kawaru shows up now. <laughs> yeah, this is this is we've commented she's on like, a couple of these. Get the fuck out of here, nerd! Go hang out with Kaji. <laughs> and Kaji's there, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like I say, I think we're implying that in this timeline, uh, Kawaru was running Nerve Europe or something. Because yeah, he refers to him as uh, Commander Nagisa when they're talking, and it's another Gendo's White Void desk room. I think it, Kowaru is part of whatever agency Kaji was part of, but as his commanding officer. Not that he's in charge of Nerve Europe, because Kaji was only in Nerve Europe to get the atom embryo, right? You know, it's so open-ended, I think it could go either way. I think that you would have put but a guy no matter like where they are, yeah. him, Kaji, and Mari are all hanging out in the same agency, mm-hmm. and yep. that's the agency that shapes the new timeline. Yep. Yeah, that seems to be what they're setting up here. So Shinji just visits all of the cast, and instead of being, hey, pop and join and whatever, it's, what is what does your world look like? Where do you want to rejoin a world? What would make you happy? And it's, how do you get happiness with different personalities? So we have Kaji and Kaworu, and it's like, yeah, the two of them are just like, yeah, we're... We're kind of weird, but we really like just... We're sort of salt-of-the-earth types. Maybe we'll go farm with my kid, and we never see the kid again. The in, the emotional perspective on Kawaru this time around was, like, a huge advancement. I love it. Because it was always kind of... I, yeah, right? Yeah. Because the what they say is, if I'm not mistaken, it's that Kawaru... Kawaru's happiness was not necessarily real. Kawaru was lonely because Kawaru has persisted through the loops and un- been aware of them the whole time mm-hmm. because he because he's not of humanity, so he's never reset. But what happens is that he he was trying to become he wasn't trying to make Shinji happy to make Shinji happy. He was trying to make Shinji happy to make himself happy, so he felt like he had done anything in all of the repetition and that he had mattered. Yeah. And that's like a really interesting take 
on Kawaru that we never get because the show wasn't so emotionally sophisticated before. And I've said before that was the character I absolutely connected with when I was younger. And so seeing that scene, someone just reaching out to him and going, you know, there's a place for you too. You can have feelings. You can have desires. You don't have to just serve to be happy. That's the one that gets me. Mm -hmm. I legitimately, I had never even considered that for that character. And it's just like, oh, I just saw him as, you know, queer representation and this is when i was young and not aware of a lot of things but now it's like as a person hey that's also a great tact that no one brings up Uh, well that's the most nuanced and non-obvious perspective on a kind of person Mm -hmm. that the that the show or the movies has ever brought up i love the sequence it's yeah it's really good I mean, I just, yeah. I'm just glad that they gave Kawaru like some actual grounding as a character, whereas before he just felt like this weird plot device. Well, he was he a still weird is, plot I guess. Yeah, but, like in this way, he's he's more of a character and less of a plot device. Uh, and and <laughs> here, here's a drop of uh, uh, the Book of Life mentioned, so more <laughs> religion stuff. <laughs> and let's be fair, there are other takes on Kawaru that are way worse than what the series did in trying to flesh him out. The manga basically makes him Johan from Monster. He's like really alien and doesn't understand feelings and he's pretty much a sociopath. Uh, So we should talk about Asuka. Asuka's turn also happens uh, here where we... I know a lot of people hate this reveal about the Shikinami series. I didn't like it. I think it's it's really additive. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it yeah. the, I, for the first time. It comes out of nowhere and doesn't add anything. But after all of our conversation and like how each of the characters are, the artificial characters represent a person, mm-hmm. a type, an archetype of being in the world. I really think it's additive because that she is an artificial construct in the way that being in the world that way is an artificial construct you create for yourself. And not yeah, like, like, like how many people are actually Sundari in real life, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I, I come. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But like, you, you, you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I land in the same place where it's like, okay, I can see where the value is in, in, in it now. I just think the way that it just kind of comes out of nowhere in this film doesn't really sell that for me. It, Although they it, do lay some track. It feels it. like nowhere. It feels like nowhere until you remember that the the timelines are completely disconnected, mm-hmm. right? It feels like nowhere when you consider, oh, this is a rebuild of the show, not that this is a separate timeline that came after, and this is the iteration on it. Yeah. This is a different cycle. It makes it makes it hard to gauge how you feel about it, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to figure out how you feel about this movie immediately, because there's so much right. happening in just even the construction right. I of mean, it. like, thinking back on the conversation where she's talking with Ray about the, the Ayanami series is designed to do this. And like in retrospect, you know, Oh, she probably knows that she is also, she definitely does. So like it makes that conversation not even, more, important. not even a thing I thought about until we were talking about it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that changes the, your perspective on the character entirely. Yeah. It's just kind of, I guess it's not terribly surprising. That this is a movie you need to watch at least twice to really appreciate. 
Once in Hindi. It. <laughs> I still don't know why you picked Hindi. Why Hindi? I just wanted to know what the read on he that was. He wanted to see what it was like when there were sacred cows instead of no sacred cows. <laughs> no, I just wondered uh, what the dub direction was like that because most of my experience with Hindi media is Bollywood style stuff. So I was like, is that... <laughs> How many fucking, like, PowerPoint transitions are in this? Well, I was just like, do they have that whole very over the top? It's like, no, it's not. It's it's a much more grounded direction. I just wondered. Yeah. But anyway, we should talk about Asuka. Like, I appreciate that this is for adults and not for children trying to be adults. I agree yeah. with that. Absolutely. The show is definitely for children who trying to be adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The movie moved a little further. Yeah. Like, 16-year-olds is the target audience. Yep. This one is, like, for real adults. Yeah. But we, we see more clearly Asuka's, you know, grow, like, how she became who she was, that, you know, that she was a clone. Asuka gets a full-on Metal Gear Solid portraits among disappearing photographs uh-huh. wall where they say she was the final result of the Shikinami program eugenics that made her the best. But the thing is, they they left two pictures up there in the last shot. I don't know if that's relevant at all. Uh, But I just made note of that. Um, But yeah. Who knows? But yeah, like she just kind of laid it out. Like I only I only cared about being being a pilot. Like I knew that was the only way I was going to have value in this world. You know, everyone thought it also puts other perspective on her line about everyone's always looking at me and treating me different if they know she's an artificial human. Yeah. And she does, she does ask to be praised uh, and have be pat on the head, uh, which, mm-hmm. which she does get. Uh, th- this is also where the VR training scene the- happens, uh, which is cool. Yes. Yeah. The actual metaphor of her being the doll is really good. Mm-hmm. Because it takes it, because the relationship with the mother is different now. Yep. Right? So the doll doesn't have any inherent meaning. And the doll represented a construct to protect her from the parts of her that came from um, external actors, like her mother trauma and her father trauma. It was represented an artificial barrier that she had created. But now, because she's in the doll, it is the visual metaphor for how her character is different. And that she needs the barrier to protect herself from the way she acts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, and it turns out uh, Kensuke is chilling inside this doll. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he pats her on the head and says, uh, "Asuka is Asuka, and that is fine." And what is Ray in? I didn't pause to look at that. Uh, she, I think she's just hanging out in, in like that. Yeah. Uh, she's just warehouse in like, the uh, warehouse scene. with Shinji where projectors are on them. Yeah. No, there's a shot of her, the long haired her in yeah. something like a costume. What is that? Mm, I didn't I pause to, see it to look she at was, it. She was all blue. I thought in that shot. Yeah. I don't recall a costume. I think she might be wearing like Shinji's old shirt or something. Oh, it could just, she's be got the something weirdly. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Her outfit never really registered to me. It's just kind of there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we also get a reprise of the beach scene at the end of end of Ava. Uh, but 
this time, obviously, it's uh, very different where Shinji says, hey, thank you for telling me you liked me. I liked you, too, back then. And then oh. she she uh, yep. rolls away, blushes a bit, and, you know, and then Mari's there. And then the, she just gets, uh, she, uh, Shinji says, like, oh, uh, have a good time with, uh, with Kensuke. And then just shoots her out of the Ava. And, like, really, really good. Because this mm-hmm. is where this time... Shinji has not only internally understood himself like he did in 2526 in EOE, but he can actually live the emotional truth he has discovered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why he's not no going into stuff. a barren world. He's going into one that's been there that he can recognize. Well, the reason it's like that, though, is because of his growth. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's not it's not an incomplete breakthrough. It is an actual complete shattering where you have mm-hmm. solved it. Nice yeah. work. And now the ocean is blue in this beach scene. Yeah, I was going to say we should not undersell the end of Ava scene being dark blood red shores at night under the stars and this is a fully lit daytime beach Buildings where aren't ruined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This could be the coast of uh, Florida for two more months. <laughs> the, the only thing that's ruined is Asuka's plug suit. <laughs> but yeah, we we go from that to um, we're on the train station platform again. And we see you know, Shinji sitting down waiting for it. And there's characters around in the periphery. Rei and Kaworu at one point. Asuka's chatting with them. The train comes by and eventually someone wraps some hands around his face and we get the final call back to something that's been a runner through this movie. Like that. Guess who? Uh, the, the glasses girl with big hooters. <laughs> Which she calls herself. Yeah. And uh, the, the two of them, adults both, adult Shinji and adult Mari, just... Adul- adult Shinji's animation is really awkward. It looks a little weird. A little stiff. What it is, is it's like they're using the animation rig for young Shinji on a longer body. Ah. He was 14 10 seconds ago. Give him a break. I know, but it doesn't. This is a time it skip, makes it weird though. to watch and kind of takes me out of it a tiny bit. That's okay. all I'm saying. I'm being silly. Like, I, 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 I was wondering if this is a time skip or if this was just. Yeah, we, we didn't call out the point where uh, <laughs> Ray just literally says Neon Genesis. <laughs> yeah. And then, then Shinji's like. Yeah, it says it. I like that. I like that. Because it, that's really just Anno talking to the, the audience right there about how this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that there's a time skip. It's that the distance of time from the beginning of the rebuild timeline is the same, but the events that happen because of the Avas are different. So as a result, no one is a child forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he is just an adult. Right. Man. I mean, that makes It's not that there was a time skip. Okay. I didn't know if there was like a hard reset, but at like, like the next second or like, t- like 10 years from now, I, I guess it would make sense. Yeah. That, this is yeah. like, but he's still wearing, minute. he's still wearing the choker though, which is the weird thing. Which he does Correct. take off. Because it was the next minute. Yeah. yeah. That make that, that has to be it. Cause yeah, he does. We didn't say this, but when he goes to, get into the Ava, he puts on the choker again. And earlier in the movie, when he sees the choker, he thinks back to Kawaru exploding and then vomits. <laughs> I, you know, I gotta the, say, on rewatch, that is way more shocking than I remember it being. 
Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's uh, it is unbelievably wet sounding. It's very yeah, very wet. <laughs> uh, we've said it repeatedly. Props to the sound team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the close is just the two of them running out of the train station into. I don't know if it's rotoscoped per se, but like the animation in real world drone footage of Anno's hometown mm-hmm. and the gorgeous Utada Hikaru melody starts up over the credits. Great song. Dude, one last kiss is a Two banger. Of lyrics are so good. Yeah. No, yep. it's I don't really necessarily care for the song, but the lyrics are so the, good. The lyrics are, are very good. They're very relevant. I mean, the song definitely feels like uh, electro pop from like the 2010s. Like it kind of reminds me of that. Um, Oh god, that Justin Bieber album that got real big, where he started working with like, you know, dance producers, like EDM producers. But anyway, that yeah, the song is really good. Uh, it's like I said, it's two. Uh, it starts out as one last kiss, and then it transitions into a down tempo version of "Beautiful World." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That truly was the <laughs> yeah. end of Evangelion. <laughs> yes, it is. <sighs> so, I know I've... We've been recording for three and a half hours for the listeners. Hello? We'll be quick. We'll be quick. I know I came into this incredibly excited. Uh, I think you've turned around on it a little. You said it fell flat for you, Chris? When I was when I was originally recording, I thought it was like a really beautiful movie that I didn't emotionally connect to at all. Mm-hmm. But... We've done a really good job of, like, turning over everything from all of our different perspectives and lining it all up. And now I'm like, I really love it. Mm-hmm. Probably never going to watch it again because, like I've said, I don't really – I don't need an Ava in my life anymore. But it was good – it was great to have the movie actually acknowledge that I hope you don't need an Ava anymore. Mm-hmm. But also that it was made also made for people who still do. Mm-hmm. Right, like it served a lot of different audiences really well. Had great, great visual metaphors, great meta stuff. If you're a fan of the series, like really like a masterpiece. Right, like this could have been like the new Tool album, where it's just that sure was an Ava movie, but it's really what you wanted it to be. Yeah, I, I have to like in a mirror that. Well, very surprised at how out of the park it, they knocked it. yeah i that was my reaction i mean like i i definitely connected with it i thought it was too long <laughs> the first time i watched it i was just like by by the time all the metaphysical stuff was happening i was like i'm so tired i can't engage with this anymore so it's really hard to do in one sitting but it's weirdly important right what do you cut out right i know that's like thinking like walking back over it i mean you would just have to tighten make certain things happen faster and that definitely would not serve like the village scene. I don't think is too long. Like, wouldn't wouldn't serve instrumental fourth impact, mm-hmm. third or a third impact, and the action scenes are surprisingly pretty tight. Like there are a lot of them in a row. Yeah, right. Like the ship fight, but they're all pretty tight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think like th- there isn't a lot of real fluff when you think about it. Like everything does. There is a three and a half hour version of this movie that you could make. And I think this might actually be the tightest version you could make. Yeah. While still having everything land correctly. It's just long. By the way, I think there's a line, uh, when Kawaru and Kaji are walking at like the end of this, uh, of the instrumentality part where Kaji does say Katsuragi will join us. And that has to be that Masato survives this. 
right? I guess if you're if you're well, resetting, no, what it has to mean is that Shinji brings her back. Yeah, brings her back. Well, remember in original instrumentality, there was a lot of we play around with when you died affecting things like mm-hmm. Ritsuko popping while she's been shot, even though that doesn't go off for a bit. Mm-hmm. The, the instrumentality is weird that way. Yeah. And like, I just think it's worth noting that we, we didn't point it out that it looks like Masada would be back too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think, Oh, I, Shout out! Shout outs to Ano being a ship nerd, by the way, when he says <laughs> nothing beats, and then he describes exactly the kind of fuel it is. What a nerd! <laughs> I mean, he has said there's more than a little of himself in Kensuke. Yeah. No, I mean with the thing that Masato says as she hits the thrusters, a very good. Yeah, you know, she's like, "Oh, we have the legacy solid thrusters. reaction propellant. Incredible! Nothing beats yes. that." What a nerd! <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just have to agree. I think. It landed the ship in a way that I could have never anticipated it happening. Exactly. Like, we all came into this being like, man, this last one, it's probably going to be bad. But let's maybe maybe at best it's okay. But it's like, wow, this is actually yeah, this really is end of Ava. But from a happier, more mature and with some distance perspective, because it does bring in the the whole cast of characters and their feelings and their interiority, which we never got before. When we say the end of Ava meme, it's not that this was the movie. This is like actually the most beautiful way to wrap up the concept of Evangelion for the series and for you personally, the viewer. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is definitely like the, I wouldn't say exclamation point. Like this is really just the period at the end of the sentence. It's over. This would be the only time I wouldn't be mad if a movie had Fiend at the end of it. One of the only times I wouldn't make a jerk-off motion. I mean, it kind of does. The sense of closure is huge. It has a the end that is pulled directly from the final frames of End of Ava. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the it's the same two characters on white that closed out that movie. Yeah, like... Go if you if you've listened to all this and you haven't watched it yet, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but go watch it. <laughs> you should watch this movie before listening to this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Uh, now that but, but also, that but also, it's hard to recommend because like you have to watch the whole series before you can even get to get to these movies. Well, not even that, right? Like, you know, if this is for you, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Like you, if you are the kind of person that deeply connected to Ava, this is the thing you wanted it to be. Yeah. But like, I, yeah, I have friends yeah. who are in a place where they did not watch three or this, and they've just been like, eh, you know, I hear it ends well, but I just don't know if I'm interested. In, I, I haven't tried to push any of them. Yeah. Also, shout outs, because it has been almost two years since we started talking about Eva. Yeah, this was the, yep. the beginning of this podcast. I looked that up. It was yeah. September 18th. <laughs> yeah. Literally one week after September 11th, huh? <laughs> that was the first true first impact. My fellow Americans, we got him, and him is Gendo. <laughs> really bringing it full circle. <laughs> we will be back in another two weeks, continuing our series on Naoki Urasawa's Monster Thank you for coming with us. If you love this, if you want to hear our takes on the first three Rebuild movies, please pop over to pitchdrop.cash. We have a Patreon, 
As little as a dollar a month will get you all sorts of bonus shows for all the different series across the network. We love you. Thank you so much for coming with us on this journey. And as we said, this is the part where we stab ourselves and podcasting ends forever. Goodbye. If you don't pay us, I don't love you. I only like you a little. Peace. That is the most Asuka thing you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.